0: attention broadcasters in the greater portland area your daily show prep begins now
1: One minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five. And this is the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for joining us on this uh, Friday. It's 503-228-4101. If you'd like to be part of today's show via the telephone, 503-228-4101. You can also text at 520 or you can email if uh, that's your pleasure. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. And uh, Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production assistant, can be reached at nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at kufo.com. I should say right out of the gate, I watched... Zero minutes of the Michael Jackson funeral I completely After all of our discussion yesterday But I can't believe people have forgotten about it I forgot about it I went home I didn't remember it was on Until my wife got home at Jesus like 8.30 or something And so I was already kind of getting ready to I was winding down ready to go to bed and I walked out in the living room, and she was watching something, and they're showing a casket wheeling by the camera, and I actually said, Oh, who died? And then she kind of just looked up at me, and then she said, Michael Jackson. And I went, Ah, oh, and I realized I'd forgotten all of it. By that time, it was already over. I think she was just watching the uh, the highlights or whatever on on CNN. So
2: we're, I We were at the mercy of the Jackson family who were pushing all the buttons providing the feed. They were the puppet masters.
1: Really? Yes. So it's sort of a. Uh, so uh, uh, Joe Jackson is sort of a. Uh, He's sort of a entrepreneurial, flatulent Geppetto. Yes. Behind the whole uh, mm-hmm. be- thing. That's the, the way thing. it was. Awesome. All I know is that there was... Apparently, the Jackson family's got some... They've got some fetish for, like, I don't know, for like scones or cupcakes or something. They had some... The only thing I know is there was an article, I think it was on TMZ, about it was some, some local cupcakery that had to make, like, 40,000 cupcakes or something and send them over because the Jackson family, I'm thinking Janet... It just it apparently just ingests those by the gross. That's the only fact I know. That and now, is this an inside place where he's being buried? Yes. Not like inside the ground, but I mean, like in, it's like in it's a like building. It's like a
2: mall right? of death. Think of it that way. <laughs> famous people, instead of stores, there are crypts with famous people. So this is Mark uh, Gable, uh, Benny Davis, people from the golden area of Hollywood. Is Forest Lawn mostly indoor or mostly outdoors? Both. So, but it depends on how much money you have. What is the difference between, what is the
1: advantage, Jim, rather right? be being uh, buried inside a mausoleum? That means you're big. You're a star. Is that just, see, I would think it would be the other way around. It seems like that's like the tenement housing of death. No,
2: not out there. It's not considered the same thing. Interesting. These are all things I don't if understand. If you're like a B actor, you get a common marker outside. <laughs> you get a, in a, in a potter's field up <laughs> back.
1: Buried in a marked grave by a railroad near the Delta. All right. Hey, let me ask you this: If you get cremated, do they give you a grave marker?
2: I don't know that. Doesn't it seem like we ought to know that? I, I've only known uh, one person being cremated.
1: Aren't we all kind are of planning about- for cremation? None of my business, yeah. I suppose. But yeah, I mean, because you know, what's the point? No, plan?
3: my grandparents are cremated. They? Do
1: they get a grave marker? Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, so sort of like, a, so your family has somewhere to go. Uh, put uh, plastic flowers or something. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. That's the sort of thing I'm always curious about.
2: Like what? I've never had any of my family. Mine were all buried, which is expensive. Well, it's a And and silly. No. I don't um, want the same thing for myself. I want to be uh, burned in an oven and cast to the wind. We'll give you away at a listener party. That would be great. It'll be like little bags of potpourri.
1: Uh uh, Just a little hint of Tim, a little hint of lavender, and a sprig of thyme. I like that. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Coming up today, uh, we'll talk to Dax Holt from TMZ. He can talk about the the Michael Jackson funeral. And did you see that uh, photograph of what's-her-name? Jasmine Fiore. Oh, the kiss of death. She's kissing her ex-husband like two days before yeah. the guy killed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so TMZ.
3: Oh, I don't want to see that, but I'm going to look at it uh, right You yep. looked at it
1: anyway. And here's the thing. And I'm, never mind. You know, we'll talk about it later because I, otherwise I'm going to derail myself with all these observations. But uh, yeah, so there's this photograph of her on a beach with her ex-husband. Hey, let's make out. And then, you know, fast forward to like two days later and she's in the bottom of a handbag somewhere. I like
2: quiet walks on the beach until I murder you. <laughs>
1: I like girls that are easy to get out of my rug. All right. Uh, let's see. What else will we uh, we'll be doing here today? Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop will be joining us from Los Angeles. Uh, Aaron Geek in the city Duran will be here. We'll have uh, The weekend Geek, which I believe he told me was the all manga and anime edition. Uh, so it's just nothing but tentacle porn coming up later on. And uh, your final uh, shot at getting a pair of tickets to see Blink One Eighty Two. That is—is is that next Wednesday? I keep saying it's next Wednesday, but I'm just sort of making that up. Yep. I think
3: nine nine oh nine.
1: All right, so next Wednesday, which is uh, fantastic. I've never seen those guys. So, uh, uh, your final pair of uh, tickets for that Blink One Eighty Two sometime today. Don't forget they're still on sale at Ticks dot com and a uh, pair of tickets to see Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. Good morning, Sarah Dillon. How are you?
3: Good morning. I'm doing well. you I'm,
1: seem seen bright-eyed and bushy-tailed.
3: I am delirious. You know what? God love TriMet, but last night uh, I got stuck waiting for a bus for 45 minutes.
1: Were you and downtown?
3: All, I was. Um, I took a bus downtown and then had to change buses, so I ended up waiting for the 14 on Hawthorne, like right on Grand and, um, Grand and Hawthorne, and it didn't come for 45 minutes. Yeah, and, the- and I'm sitting there, and as time's ticking away, I can feel like it getting closer to when I have to be at work, and I'm just starting to panic, and you know, like... You know, 10.45 becomes 11. You can already feel the
1: morning fatigue on the horizon.
3: I know, and I couldn't even, I wasn't even looking forward to sleeping anymore because I knew that I'd just get like three hours of sleep and be up.
1: Sometimes when you sense that fatigue coming, it's like when you've been up really, really late and you have to get up really, really early and as you're going to bed, you're seeing the sun coming up over the horizon. Oh, yeah. This is like you can see the pain coming up over the horizon. Well, tomorrow's going to suck. I know. Uh, I'm st- yeah, I'm, that's I'm, always my attitude. Well, it's Friday though. I know. Uh, Monday's it, a holiday, and we won't be here. That is right. Uh, Monday we'll be slacking because we just don't care. So, uh, are you going to be in town? Yeah, no, I'll be I'll be here. But uh, but they're doing the uh, they're doing a marathon of music on uh, on Monday. Sir. I'm going to be camping. Are you really? Where at?
3: Yeah, my uh, my friend Summer and Gill are getting married. Uh, so I'm camping near Corvallis.
1: Here's the thing. Ah, never mind. You know, I was just going to do a whole thing that ended up in a discussion of cinnamon rolls, believe it or not. So, you know what? I can, uh, I can, I'm just going to pull the ripcord on that now. Let's go to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley.
2: In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 509. It's going to be partly sunny today, highs in the 70s, then rain tomorrow, shower Sunday, and they're not sure about Monday. Move over, Beaverton. Now, Clackamas County is trying to entice the Beavers to move there. Yes, they have a nice spot near I-205, near the soon-to-be open rail line. The Beavers need to find a new home by 2011. Washington residents are exhausting their unemployment benefits. 19,000 out of 225,000 will run out of money by the end of the year. Politicians are rushing to add 13 more weeks of coverage to states that have a 9% unemployment rate. The question over whether Joe Kennedy the Second will try to fill his uncle's shoes in the U.S. Senate or on many people's minds. Apparently, he'll make the decision at some point today. Tomorrow, the latest. Actually, Teddy K- Kennedy made a better speech, but I guess he's not interested. The 22nd annual Mule Day festivities in Idler, Alabama. Start with a parade of mule, horses, carriage, <laughs> and tractors this weekend. Mule Day is the largest one-day event in DeCalb County every year, come one, come all. Mule Day attracts more than uh, attracts rather more than fifteen thousand visitors to the town of seven hundred. Vendors will be offering food, crafts, just about everything. Spectators can see a car pull a mule, a draft horse show, gospel singers, mule and other Day. tributes to God. That's uh. It's next to the old stone chapel on Highway seventy five. <laughs> Do they really have a parade of mules? Parade of mules. It's an endless succession of women with
1: heroin packets shoved into their panties. That's mules a, it's a drug reference never mind that's a visual. I see the word panties I me too but it was really the only way to go there I uh, I had no I had nowhere else to end
2: well the swine flu PSA contest is now underway have you entered yours yet
3: I am Kathleen Sebelius Secretary of Health and Human Services I want to start by giving a big thank you to all of you who have entered the PSA contest to help raise awareness of the flu and how we can prevent it spread the response has been just amazing the creativity of the American people shows up in the over 200 entries that we've received. Now our panel of expert judges have selected the top videos.
1: And it- wait, wait, why was I not told about this? When was there a swine flu PSA contest? This why? Is the first, I've heard of it. Why are we just hearing about this? I'm not blaming you. You understand. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Why have we not been? Why were we not told about this when it was? St- well, with all these celebrity
2: deaths, there hasn't been enough time to Th- cover the good things in life, like swine flu PSAs. Uh,
1: you're talking about something that was right in our wheelhouse. This is. Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, this uh, this audience could could have represented there quite strongly. I and think. I have one of the top contenders. This, oh, this is, is going to make me. This angry. is Dr. John Clark of New York City with a swine flu rap. <laughs>
4: well
1: maybe we, we wouldn't have won
0: have a so-
1: wow can you uh it's a 60 second PSA. can you file that away for me please i want to keep that around
2: all right we need to uh enter that into our collection of psas
1: yes. so we'll uh put that into our uh, let's put that into the bank of things we want to keep All right, let's do uh, uh, one more here, and then we'll uh, get caught up around the corner.
2: Imagine a library without books. It's a library of the future. Uh, This year, Cushing Academy, which is one of the top prep schools back east, is throwing away 144 years' worth of books, thousands of them. They're making way. These include classics, novels, poetry, biographies, every subject, even encyclopedias. Inside the library, the Academy is spending $500,000 to create a new learning center. There's $42,000 being spent on three flat-screen TVs How should we make to project room? data on the Internet. How should we make room in this library? Let's get rid of some of these pesky books. Mm-hmm. They're also building a $50,000 coffee shop that'll include a $12,000 <laughs> cappuccino machine. <laughs> idiocracy on
1: the March. That's excellent. Do we have an idiocracy watch? We really ought to have an we idiocracy. I, I think we're going to create an idiocracy on the March sounder.
2: Are you kidding me? They're throwing away. I say knowing that you're not. At Cushing Academy, this is one of the top prep schools in New England. So now you're just. This is the school of the rich. Now you're just prepping for a life
1: of watching according to Jim in the evenings, apparently. Mm -hmm. That's the. All right. Well, there you go. All uh, right, it's 503 228 4101. 503 228 4101. It's the Rick Emerson Show coming up uh, in just moments. We have more from Tim Riley at the News Desk later on, Jim Roop from CNM Radio Los Angeles, and Dax Holt from TMZ. Stay right there. We're live from downtown Portland, Oregon.
5: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Miss a minute of the Rick or show, or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable
1: shame! Once I got a taste of killing people's hopes and desires, I couldn't stop. Listen online, live or via podcast at KingUFO.com. Oh, speaking of killing hopes and desires, I should post a link to this, so uh that quote comes from a show where I was talking about being at the America's next top model. Not really, I don't know if you call it an audition, but like a casting call, like an open an open call. But Tim, what's the technical cattle thing? call? A cattle call, yes. In more ways than one. <laughs> uh, anywho, so the uh, all of the audition tapes are actually now online. Uh, you know, where the girls stand in front of the camera and, and the guy says, uh, "So why do you think you could be America's Next Top Model?" And every single one of them says, "I'm really unique." And. Then they do the uh, the catwalk, and then they do the thing that they do back and forth, and then they, I don't know, they juggle something. Anyway, so those are all online. So I'll uh, it's at, uh, it's at uh, uh, the, the uh, northwest32.com site, but I'll put the link up to that at rickemerson.com here in just a few, because I got some people asking me uh, if those were ever going to be posted, because we had one of the uh, one of the entrants, that girl Caitlin, came on the show that day. So do we cry them cry? Uh, I don't think, sadly, no. The, the crying was all afterward, and I wasn't able to get much of it on tape. I mean, I tried. I really, the Rick Emerson went out of his way to try to get some crying girls on tape. That'll be played back someday when they're looking for me in a motel in Canada. At the news
5: desk,
2: it's Tim Riley.
5: In the news with Tim
2: Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 526, it's going to be partly sunny today, highs in the upper 70s. Then, rain tomorrow, showers on Sunday, and they're not sure about Monday. Beaverton police looking for three suspects connected to a stabbing death. Three guys jumped out of a car at Hall and Cedar Hills Boulevard the other night. And asked Alexander Hernandez what gang he belonged to, and then stabbed him repeatedly. He died. The suspects are Hispanic teenagers who were driving a 70 or 80 sedan with black rims and peeling paint. Then, Crime Stoppers are offering a cash reward leading to the arrest of a hit and run driver who killed a bicyclist on August 27th. James Wagner was hit from behind while riding north of the I-84 overpass near Northeast 122nd. Witnesses say the killer was driving a 1988-92 to Toyota Corolla. Now we're going to talk to the guy who had his finger bitten off at the health care rally in Thousand Oaks, California. There were pro and con, and apparently uh, some people disagreed and took it so far that they bit off this fellow's finger. I uh, went out to a local event in, uh, in my community uh, where I was uh, confronted by somewhat of a deranged individual and a uh, scuffle ensued and uh, he ate my finger in the process. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I mean, how did the scuffle ensue? Reports are from witnesses that you threw a punch at him? Or What happened really, Bill? It, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I did. He uh, came at me, uh, calling me an idiot, and uh, uh, never uh, stop this for a second.
1: I, so let's let's play a little game here because I don't know the answer. Let's try to determine which side of the healthcare debate this guy was on just by listening to him because I I really because I don't know I don't know I don't know the background of the story I don't I haven't read the accompanying materials. So let's listen to this guy and try to determine whether he's on the we got to re- reform healthcare or whether we got to not reform healthcare. You know what I mean? The, the, mm-hmm. You know, he's on the right or the left of the issue.
2: So what's weird about this bill is a guy who was advocating for the president's healthcare reform. Take your freaking finger off. Oh, well, and never mind.
1: Down,
0: <laughs> contest over. Contest
2: what are you going to do? Yes sir. I guess I'll uh, have to take different piano lessons or something. Uh, Neil, I'm not sure. How are you doing right now? Are you in any pain? Who is this guy um, he's talking I'm, to? Uh medicated right now. Thank you. Bill Rice. And that is medicated, who? Medicated. Thank you. That was the the uh, finger-biting victim. No, 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 but I mean who's the guy he's t- who who is he being interviewed by? Chris Matthews.
1: That didn't sound like Chris Matthews, really? Yeah. I didn't peg that at all. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It was like it sounded not at all like him. He's actually he's I don't recognize him when he's not talking a thousand miles an hour and screaming at somebody. I guess if you can't see the flecks of spit coming out of his mouth as he's shouting at the camera, maybe you don't recognize him. So the guy got his finger bitten off and the other guy swallowed it.
2: Because he, he did say he ate he, my finger. Actually, he didn't. He just bit it off and spit it out. Because oh, oh, okay. God. Well, that's this, less interesting, I suppose.
1: I I mean, well, I mean, it's less interesting, I guess. But it's still pretty interesting. Well, maybe next time. I mean, biting off somebody's finger would be difficult, I would think. Uh, not, not in this context, I guess. But I mean, are you having to like? Uh, uh, you have to. We're all looking at our hands. We, wouldn't you have to like bite through a bone or something. Yes. I was in the car when
3: my mom accidentally rolled up the automatic window and cut off my grandma's finger. <gasps>
1: oh, really? Uh huh. Wait, where? Wait, okay, hold on. Let's stop. Which hand? What finger? Right hand, finger. pointer finger. Yes. And?
3: And she was, like, had her hand on the window, but had, like, her finger out there. And my mom is still, like, scarred to this day.
1: Where Where at? Like.
3: Uh, I cut it right. Uh,
1: that's, like, at the second like, knuckle. That's, like, halfway down.
3: Yeah. Cut it, and it was, like, hanging from this uh, like, her knuckle.
1: Wait, what kind of car was that? How long ago was this? I didn't this think our windows could do that.
3: Oh, it was. Lo- it was when I was like in eighth grade, maybe.
1: It was this, like an earlier version of power windows that. I so. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I got off
3: and I was, uh, yeah, I just remember. Uh- my grandma was very calm, and she's just like, Chris?
1: Uh, my finger's <laughs> gone. I think he, you cut off my finger. <laughs> ah, she must have been in shock, though. She
3: was. She, co- she was completely calm, and we had to go to the hospital. I remember seeing Did they it. attach it? Yeah, they reattached it. It was fine, but it was dangling from her.
1: Oh, that's so creepy. On. Was she able to... Uh, did, it, did it work properly? Yeah,
3: it totally worked. It was really strange.
1: That's completely weird. That's like one of those Maxwell Smart Doors or something. It just slammed shut.
3: But now I totally have a fear of those uh, automatic windows.
1: Well, now, don't take this the wrong way. Was there something wrong with your grandmother's finger? It doesn't seem like a car window ought to be able to take off your finger, or they wouldn't sell those. I mean, I can't, I guess they sell cars and doors can take off your fingers, but, you know what I mean? I would figure that, like, the, the window would stop if it jammed or something. Was it, did, was your grandmother, was she, I don't know, did she have exceptionally small fingers? No. Oh, that's so creepy.
3: No, but plus, I mean, it, it was probably, like, one of the first versions of automatic
1: windows. Just a window that slams shut angrily. Yeah. Damn, man. Was, I don't have anything to say like that. I have no stories that like that at all.
3: I just remember it dangling from a oh. piece of skin.
1: Oh, here's... A, I'll, I'll share one with you. Uh, so this isn't quite as bad as that, I, I guess, because nothing got cut off. Um, but my dad had this old... Like one of those GMC trucks from, you know, like way back when. it was just made out of just steel and points and corners and sharp things. And it was, just, it was like way before cars started being made out of plastic or fiberglass or, you know back when back when doors didn't close with a whoop sound when they they all closed with a bang sound and i was actually there when this happened my dad was a projectionist at a drive-in theater that's a great job and it was it was a kind of a cool job actually when i was uh he took me uh at one point back into the projection room which when you're like about 5 years old is the coolest thing it's still cool now but it was the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life and then there was an underground tunnel that went from the projectionist booth to the back of the screen so you could get there quickly to adjust problems with this, like if there was a tear in the screen or something. And I remember going through this tunnel and thinking it was like you were breaking out of prison because I swear to God there was a pickaxe down there for reasons that I don't really understand even now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're at the theater. It's late at night and I think he'd had a few while working in the booth. And so we're getting ready to get in the truck to go home. And um, he... I was getting ready to get in the truck and he had to get something out of then we had to walk back to the booth for some reason. Anyway, the point is he was standing outside the driver's side door and he opened it and then had to shut it because we left something in the booth. And he throws d- this big GMC metal door shut, and his right hand was still in the door. Uh. And that literally is where the right hand does not know what the left hand is doing. I mean, quite quite literally. And so it's like, hand still in the door, and then just, you know, with full-grown manpower, pfft, throws that big metal door shut. And he's like, you could have heard him scream in the next state, probably. Uh, the next thing I know, it's like we were, uh, I think we were at the, the hospital and they were like stitching his hand all closed. And th- for years after that, I had this morbid fear of doors on cars because I was just, it, it, I mean, th- that's just the worst thing. It's like the finger coming off. I mean, you don't, when you leave the house to go to the mall, you don't think that you're going to be losing a finger on the way. You
3: know, and people think it's funny sometimes to be like, oh, I'm rolling up the window. Like, I, like I'll like have my elbow in the, on the window or something and I'll start rolling up and it just terrifies
1: me. That is so creepy. Hey, final question about fingers. So you were saying index finger, and I, like a rube, said pointer finger. Do all your fingers have names? There's middle finger, ring finger, pinky.
3: Yeah. Index, thumb,
2: ring, middle,
1: and the middle one is just the middle finger. Yeah. That's odd. How that one doesn't have a. It has a a predetermined usage. Okay, I I suppose that's the. (laughs) uh, That's common in any culture. That's the uh, that's the horn of the common man. Mm All right. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley uh, coming up at uh, 620. Seeing a radio correspondent, Jim Roop. 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran will be here with the Weekend Geek. Dax Holt from TMZ coming up later in the day. And Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. It's Friday morning. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
5: The Rick Emerson Show returns.
1: And I have magic genitals.
5: On Rock 101 KUFO.
1: Uh-huh. It's a Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Friday coming up at uh, 620. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop, who was uh, at the Jackson funeral uh, yesterday, which, as they describe it, is about as non-private and as a private event could be since everybody knew when it was happening and where. Uh, we'll talk to Aaron Duran, who has the uh, Week in Geek, uh, and uh, Dax Holt from TMZ will be here at uh, 8 o'clock. We'll also talk to Greg Nibbler with Ball Talk. And I'll just say, Greg, what is the name of that guy? It's uh, I want to say Lafayette, but it's not that. It's something blunt. LeGarrette Blunt. Legarrett Blunt. Did you see the uh, video of this, sir? No, I heard about it, though. It's fantastic. Uh, I came in this morning, and because I didn't get you know, to see the game or anything, and I came in uh, this morning, I was checking the Google searches, and like of the top fifteen Google searches, it was like twelve of them were about this this guy, this Oregon player who punched this Idaho player. I mean, to be fair, the Idaho player, I guess, was doing a little verbal. I guess there was some taunting back and forth going on. It was like he was sort of yelling at the guy, and it was back and forth. Because like, Idaho, you know, they were they were victorious, and Oregon was all bent out of shape about it. And Plus, they've been forced to shake hands before the game, which puts everybody in a bad mood to begin with. And so I guess there was a, a little bit of a trash talking going back and forth. The best part, though, is that this guy he punched is looking away. He's just, like, looking, like, over there at some other thing. And the, this guy, Blunt, just totally just sucker punches him right in the jaw. I mean, and not like a little bit of a slap, like a full-on closed fist, uh, you know, the punt. like I'm surprised the cops didn't come and haul that guy away. I mean, it seems like the kind of thing you might get arrested for. So it sounds very unsportsmanlike. It was, the, the YouTube video of it is awesome. It's like the best thing you've ever seen, especially because they do that great thing that the internet loves to do, where they show it like, the at least the clip I saw, they were showing it slower and slower and slower every time, and it was a lot of like... And you just see the guy's skin kind of do that thing as the as the the punch is landing. Now I'm telling the whole story, but it's it, Greg will do a much better job because I don't I don't really know that like the background or if there's some sort of history to so this. Much
3: understand the sports.
1: I don't. I, I just know it was like one guy hitting another guy when guy number two wasn't looking, and so that was fantastic. And then I think the cops were having to protect him from the fans anyway. So we have uh, more of that coming up later on with Greg Nubril at the uh, news at the news desk, Tim Riley. <laughs>
5: In the News with Tim Riley.
2: Good morning from the KUFO News Center, downtown Portland, 545. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highs in the upper 70s. We're going to have rain tomorrow, shower Sunday, and they're not sure about Monday. In the News, a cockfighting meth dealer is going to prison. Well, he was. He was mistakenly set free. Miguel Ochoa Sanchez, convicted of selling meth to his cockfighting patrons, was supposed to... Do a stretch in the big house, and now he's gone. Apparently it was a clerical error. He was released mistakenly. Uh, He was one of more than 60 people snared in a probe of cockfighting in Oregon and Washington. It was the biggest cockfighting crackdown ever. So he's out of prison now? Yes. Uh, This two-year investigation was called Operation Red Rooster in Oregon, and then Operation Tattered Wing in Washington. Operation Tattered Wing. Mm-hmm. Wow. They netted hundreds of these tattered wing roosters, more than $100,000 in cash, 50 firearms, two and a half pounds of meth, 101.5 uh, 1. pounds of cocaine. And this guy, Ochoa Sanchez, sold meth to an informant in the conch fighting case. Oh, so he wasn't... Okay, they weren't dosing the roosters with meth. I thought I somehow... No, no, I- this is being sold to patrons like... La- like cigars, cigarettes, methamphetamines. So it's like a, it's like at the
1: circus where they sell you like a glow thing that you put around your kid's neck or like right. some cotton candy. This is just meth, and it's to it, it, a little something to enjoy while you're watching the, the cockfight.
2: Cock mm-hmm. All right, uh, they used the code "half a chicken" to describe uh, a half pound of narcotics, and netted him. He's also uh, done some other bad things, such as drug possession, contributing to the sexual delinquency of a minor, and failing to register as a sex offender. A f- is every other person in the world a sex offender now? Apparently. Just it, it's beginning to seem that it's way. It's everyone except the people in this room, I I
1: think mm-hmm. sometimes. And I was looking at that busted newspaper yesterday, which is all the arrest uh, you know, shots from I guess that's just is that just Portland or Multnomah it's County? It's just
3: Multnomah County, but then they have separate sections for, like, a, a few Clark County Man,
1: ones. there's really just some keepers in there. I mean, there's just some folks that... There's some people there that look like they came out of Tales from the Crypt. Like that one-eyed hooker, for example, who looks for all the world like uh, like the vault keeper. You know what I mean? The Because uh, there was the crypt keeper, there was the vault keeper, and there was the old witch. Those are the three hosts in those uh, old EC comic books. And the vault keeper, I think, only had one eye and had this kind of lank, stringy hair and had this sort of... Like, where the... Where, where the skin just sort of seemed to have come untethered from the skull, like it was all not fat as such, Ugh. but where the skin seemed to just be sort of slip sliding away right right there in the front of her face. Mm-hmm. That's what that woman looked like. And you got to wonder if that guy who ended up picking up... First of all, what sad-ass cop had to go pick up the one-eyed hooker? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, because you know, like their life is bad enough, just leave the one eyed hooker alone. And they send those cops in, like, sort of undercover, right? You know, where the cop the cop rolls down the window and he says, Hey, how about this? You know, and she says, We
2: sent her and says, Come here, cutie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she says, $10. And he says, Well, I'll give you five. And she says, Okay. And then, <laughs> and then he just gets out and arrests her. Who's having to go out and solicit the one-eyed whore somewhere? That's just the saddest job. That That is sad for everybody involved. There's no one in that story who's not depressed at the end of the day. Jesus. And imagine being some guy that goes out and tries to pick up a hooker, and then you get her into a good light somewhere, and you realize she's only got one eye. I mean, is that like when you get...
3: That's a pretty apparent loss of eye or lack of eye.
1: Unless she's sort of working in the shadows, you know, or like she has her hair combed forward. Or over, she's wearing over, sunglasses. Exactly. Exactly, because she's stylish. Or a monocle. Yeah, <laughs> having sex with Captain
2: Clink. <laughs> uh,
1: all right, it's Jim Riley.
2: Well, apparently the one-eyed hooker is one of the few people that's not on the Jerry Lewis telethon this year. Reba, but it's not too late to invite her. Reba McIntyre, Lolly Parton, Wynonna will be there. Neil McCoy, Lee Greenwood, the Grascals, whoever they are. Tony Orlando without Don, Bo Bryce, Ace Young. Uh, Allison Sweeney, Tom Bergeron, George Wallace, the committee, not the guy in the wheelchair. The uh, Jerry Lewis telethon is still on. I'm yes. not sure the people watch telethons anymore. From what sessionist I Governor
1: George Wallace will be joining Jerry Lewis. So it sounds well, like, it's all, one
2: of Jerry's kids.
1: like it's all country stuff uh, this year. I, I mean, it sounds so. like they're trending very country. Ed McMahon will not be there this year. You know, they should offer to put Ed McMahon, they should offer to bring him back if we donate enough. Like if the, uh, I don't know what the current record for the, for the Labor Day telethon is, but if we beat that by 10%, they should actually offer to go get Ed McMahon and put him back on the stage just once, one more time.
2: So the latest thing is to uh, show up at any public meeting and yell at a, pub- uh, a politician. This time, Otto Schwarzenegger got yelled at by some guy whose house burned up in the fire. Uh, Bert Vohes claims his house could have been saved, but they moved all the fire trucks to rich people's houses and let his burn down. To us in the canyon, it appeared that the resources were going to rich areas in town and nothing here. Because give us something. Yes, they let... Middle class and poor people's houses burned down in the big Tujunga fire. They let this fire burn unattended for two and a half days. And I'm a huge fan of firefighters. Firefighters don't make allocation of resource decisions. And two guys ended up dead. This whole place got burned out.
1: Now, is that true, though, that they left that fire burn for two and a half days? Because I remember that fire he's talking about. I don't remember uh, how it unfolded or what happened with it. So I don't know if that's a fact or that, that's his opinion. All right. Well, that's less interesting than I thought, only because we're following up on the bitten finger story. I mean, it's going to be hard. By the way, did you see this email? This is uh, from our uh, good friend Jenny who listens. She says, hey, about the finger biting thing. Do you know that the ironic part is the man who had his finger bitten off, wait for it, was an elderly man who was anti-health reform. And has Medicare. Yes, he used government-provided health insurance to reattach his finger. They should have told him to go find a private company to do that, and he could have negotiated the price himself. Mm-hmm. He can go haggle with some sort of private capitalist country to reattach his goddamn finger. That he can shut his trap. Sorry. Here's Tim Riley.
2: I don't know how to follow that one up. You know, that was uh,
1: that was just something that uh, that came in in the email, Tim, and I felt like it needed to be read. Let me uh, read you this as well, and then we'll uh, take a break. This says, About Sarah... Actually, it's not about Sarah. The subject line is "I used to love her," and then oh. the email starts about Sarah. Ever since, do, do we have sad music? Uh, do we have something sort I was just thinking that of, uh, I have
3: sad music in my mind. Or?
1: I, uh, you know, what we need to get is we need because I have that Young and the Restless music, but that's not the food porn bed. We don't have like a um, like the Peyton Place theme. or No, that's no, that doesn't really work either. No, I okay, fine. About Sarah. Ever since discovering your show about six months ago, I've had a huge crush on Sarah. That ended yesterday (laughs) when I heard that she eats peanut butter and mayo sandwiches. I
3: don't eat it. I have eaten it.
1: I don't feel so bad about her ignoring my Facebook friend requests anymore. (laughs) I would never be friends with someone who eats such a foul sandwich. She's still pretty hot, though, but I'm just saying. All right. That's from uh, Steve. All right. Well,
3: Steve, I'm deleting you from my Facebook (laughs) options right now. (laughs)
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right, uh, straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley. Greg Nibbler will have ball talk coming up later on. Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. Aaron Duran from uh, geekinthecity.com. And Dax Holt from TMZ, plus your chance at tickets to see Blink-182, the last uh, chance of the day, actually. And a pair of tickets to see Halloween, too. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland.
5: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
2: On the one, K U F O Portland Oregon.
1: It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's Friday morning, Friday, September 3rd, 2009. 503-228-4101. Coming up this hour, CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles at 7 o'clock. Aaron Duran with The Weekend Geek. Dax Holt from TMZ at uh, 8 o'clock. Also, some point today, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Blink-182 next Wednesday. That is uh, your final chance to win those. you want to be listening and a pair of passes to see Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 at some point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on your Friday morning.
2: Clackamas Police looking for a man who rubbed his genitalia against a shopper at Nordstrom's Rack. About 1,800 people attended another health care meeting in Virginia to yell at the senator there. We'll hear about all the yelling. And Michael Jackson is finally buried, or was he,
1: last night? Have you seen that video that's going around the uh where he uh, apparently is getting out of the back of the ambulance? I saw
2: that. Yeah. That when was it's... made by some uh, German people.
1: Was it? Is it do we find so we found out the uh we found out the derivation of that? Uh that's what Anderson Cooper said. Because somebody sent it to me and it was it, you know with the subject line of you know like OMG or, or whatever. And you look at it and you realize exactly how the internet really has given rise to a whole new generation of people whose only desire is to kill about ten or fifteen minutes creating something and then just screwing with everybody else by posting it. So um, we've got another uh, something else that is sort of a follow-up to the Michael Jackson story that we'll get to later on. Uh, that's this hour with Jim Roop, Dax Holt coming up later on, uh, and Aaron Duran at seven o'clock. It's time for Ball Talk with
5: Greg Nibbler. All right. Well, uh, let's get right to it. So, of course, the U of O Boise State game was last night, and just to cover the basic parts, the game was a pathetic excuse for a college football game. It was the game was terrible. Uh, Oregon sucked. Lost nineteen to eight. But the most exciting thing happened after the game, and uh, I must say, I did predict there would be a fight. I so think. I want to go on record for that because there was like the, the forced handshake, right? The deal is they have to go mm-hmm. beforehand and like have a great game and remember we're all gentlemen. Well, and there was almost a fight right there the coaches had to go out and actually separate the teams because they were going to fight before the game and to get it out of the way yeah just to get it out of the way but no they saved the best <laughs> for last especially Lagaret Blunt Lagaret Blunt before this game even started all week has been talking crap about Boise State because Boise State basically kicked their ass last year And uh, he said that they owe Boise State an ass whooping. I believe was uh, pretty much directly the quote. However they have to deliver it. Yes, well, uh, LeCarrot Blunt uh, certainly backed that up by delivering a stellar negative five yards rushing for the game, which (laughs) is uh, very hard to do to actually go into negative yardage. And then uh, after the game, one of the Boise State players tapped him on the shoulder pad to let him know that they had won and proceeded to walk away. Well, Garrett Blunt decided that wasn't enough to uh, end the conversation right there and reached around and popped him in the face. Uh, In an amazing punch, caught right on camera. And it was like a full-on sucker punch, because the guy
1: is uh, walking away and looking in the other direction, and then you just see this fist come into the frame. Out of nowhere.
5: Out of nowhere, and then like a true fighter, LeGarrette Blunt, backed away, (laughs) watching watching what happens, quickly exiting the scene before anybody can uh, do anything back to him. And uh, yeah, all this was caught on camera. From there... He proceeded to, uh, his teammates were trying to get him out. He socked one of his other teammates in the face. Luckily, that guy had a helmet on. And th- it's funny, you can watch this video, too. The other player was, like, trying to help him get out, and he smacks him in the face. And the player's just standing there with his hands up, like, what the hell are you doing? And uh, th- at that point, the uh, he started to uh, be threatening towards one of the fans, and the security guards and the cops had to come grab him and escort him out before the Boise State fans uh, basically tore him apart. That's awesome. The, the video is posted there. RidleyLive.com if you want to take a look at it. It's, and I just checked, you right before we came on. It's three of the top five searches on Google Trends, five of the top ten. And uh, LeCarrett Blunt, Oregon Football, Sucker Punch, it's all on there. And the best part is you get to see the punch from multiple angles. And then, as you said...
1: As soon as he punches the guy, he immediately—it's not just that he walks away; he starts backing away, yeah. he's sort of like
5: a no. Well, he's thumb. doing a little you know skip and like, uh, yeah, almost, a, almost a taunting <laughs> skip. Yeah, I did that. I did that. It's is not he very masculine? Is he kind yeah. of known to be bad news? Well, yeah. And this is the thing: like earlier this year, he was already kicked off of the team, uh, suspended from the team indefinitely earlier this year for behavior issues. Shockingly, uh, but he really is—he could be a really good football player. So I think they made an exception. But he's pretty much just a big dumb thug. Is what he is. How are he's his just, grades? He's a monster. Is what he's got going for him. So he's really good at football. But how uh,
2: are his grades in college? Or does he attend? I, I'm not sure. What, what is his major? major?
5: I should look in to see what his major is. I'll try to find that out and see if we can uh, get some uh, some information on that. So, anyway, uh, he's probably going to be suspended or kicked off of the team, most likely. But I really hope they don't and allow him to continue to uh, make a, a fool of himself. That's oh no! Awesome. Just for sheer entertainment value, oh, I now insist. Because Oregon's season is ruined now; they're they're done. <laughs> there's there's no point in even playing the rest of this season out, so they might as well have him in there for at least some entertainment value. Ah, oh, fantastic! Yes. awesome. So uh, nothing really tops that in the sports news. But I, uh, a couple of things we do have to mention: Oregon State is going to be playing their opening game tomorrow, and uh, I don't see anybody on their team uh, quite topping Lagarrett Blunt's uh, performance. Hopefully, they will uh, start the season off with a win against Portland State. They tend to start off losing. With which is kind of their trend uh, before they pick it back up. So if they can start this off, they might have an actually good season. Uh, Sarah's alma mater, Washington State, is going to be playing Stanford on uh, Saturday, and that's going to be on our sister station, AM 970, at 3 p.m. And uh, also, Michael Vick has been uh, cleared to return to the NFL during the regular season in the third game. He's going to be doing that uh, this year, so uh, the dogs uh, need to watch out, I suppose. There you
1: go. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Coming up straight ahead, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran with The Week in Geek. It's the Rick Emerson Show, Friday morning, live from Portland, Oregon. One-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. Want <laughs> to my room. com. Do it now. This is the Rick Emerson Show.
3: You're a piece of crap. I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book. On
1: Rock 101, KU. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Friday, September 3rd. Thank you for joining us. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles about the Michael Jackson funeral service, which was yesterday. Was there any? Did I miss any high points? No, it was more boring points. Because Gladys Knight was there, but I don't. I, don't, I mean, you no, know,
2: they didn't. They didn't show any of the good stuff.
1: Like I spotted Al Sharpton. I mean, as one always does, sort of yeah. lurking around. But I beyond that, I don't really know. I, what, I
2: guess he did the eulogy. Yes. All right. Uh, at this
1: uh, juncture, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to give you a chance to win a copy of Rescue Me Season 5, Volume 1 on DVD, starring Dennis Leary, Michael J. Fox, and Gina Gershon from wherever uh, Sony Pictures Television for... It is from Sony Pictures Television for FX, and it's available as of uh, this week, wherever fine DVDs are sold. Rescue Me Season 5, Volume 1 on DVD, if you are caller 10 right now at 503 228 101 503 Two two eight four one zero one coming up later on in the show. Your chance to win Halloween 2 passes and a final pair of tickets to see Blink-182 uh, next Wednesday. Tim Riley is working on the following stories uh, on your Friday morning.
2: Office chairs are being recalled because people are falling out of them. You can tell the government is becoming more of a nanny state now. Maluma um, County is getting ready for the swine flu. It may be coming to you sooner than you think. And we'll have more on the uh, Michael Jackson thing. And also, Lady Gaga will not address the... Uh, the rumors of the bulger in undergarments.
1: I thought she already did. I thought that there was, she would talk to the Daily Mail of the Sun or some such. Although, you know, with those papers, you never really know if it's... You never know if it's her, if it's just, like, something they found on the bottom of their shoe that they decided to run as a quote. This is the thing about her having a... This was not at the bottom penis. of her shoe. Penis. The penis isn't the bottom <laughs> no, of her shoe. No, she's getting
3: all like bent out of shape about it, too. It's hilarious. She's like, I would rather talk about my music. Well,
1: I think something's bent out of shape. I mean, <laughs> just from the... Uh, well, you saw the video. We all sat and watched the high-definition version of it. There's, There's something there. She's there.
3: smuggling something in there.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> smuggling something. Uh, all right. Did you see this uh, Mila Kunis story? No. no. All right. So has uh, that have to do
3: with Macaulay Culkin being the father of? uh
1: Michael No, no, it doesn't. He's unfortunately denied that, but I'm gonna keep believing it's true. Uh, no, we'll, I'll talk about that here in a second. So, um, I'll put it this way: Mila Kunis, who is she's the voice of Meg on uh the Family Guy, and then she's you know she was on that '70s show, and she's uh got a movie coming up. She's gonna be in a um, what they're referring to as a steamy sex scene with someone who might surprise you. A girl. Mm. I didn't say that. Yes, it's a girl. But you don't know which girl is is the point. That's okay. the thing. I mean, yes, I'm predictable, but I'm only somewhat predictable because you don't know who it is. So we'll reveal that on the other side. And I actually... Do need
3: to play 20 questions?
1: I, yes. Yes. Yes, you do. I'm
3: really good at that game.
1: I'm picking up on your
3: sarcasm.
1: Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. Why need to ruin it? Is it a girl? Of course it's a girl. No, she's going to be getting it on with Seth Green. Uh, you know, it, it's never... I mean, that's... It's never with with any sort of fat hairy guy because you can just tune on uh, you know you can tune on King of Queens any night and see that. Hello, Jim Rupp. How are you? <laughs> Fine. Seriously, it's like you know. The, the, I think that that must be there must have been a focus group held about forty years ago where they sat around a conference table somewhere in a big glass building and they said, "What the public wants is to see really really hot women uh, on television who are married to fat schlumpy guys with no hair and bad jobs. Do that from now on." And then, sort of, just every third show became that. Well, it gives all of us hope, I suppose. Hello, uh, Jimmer, how's your uh, how's your Friday? Uh, it's fine. Uh, you sound uh, as though you are uh, prepared to be. The, is there a weekend for you, or are you working tomorrow?
4: Uh, what is tomorrow?
1: Tomorrow, Saturday.
4: Saturday? Well, I'm always on call, but I don't have to get up any, for anything particular. Not this, but I've been working since. I've been working for about 10 days, 9 days, No, long since since the fire broke out last Wednesday, how many days is that?
1: I was going to ask when the last time you had more than 5 hours of sleep in a row was.
4: Ah, uh, It's been years. <laughs> Seriously, it's been 10 years, maybe more.
1: Sort of a cumulative fatigue going on to this point, then.
4: Um, yes, man, you know, it didn't help that I was out there across the street from Forest Lawn watching black cars pulling in and out of the friggin' cemetery. I mean, it, it was such a lousy story
1: well i mean there was just nothing there was There's nothing not... we
4: did get one thing it... say that again no i'm just saying it are was you a... okay
3: he you like you're dying
1: <laughs> you... no i'm fine no he's uh no he's just trying to process all of the he's trying to process his grief over michael jackson clearly uh, <laughs> yeah, right was, you're still trying to come to grips with the
5: loss of the loss you know, of when
4: michael. When, the, when the cars were coming in last night you know they were supposed to not stop just come up to the gate get the little map and keep going However, the one car pulled up in front of the cameras, Al Sharpton gets out, adjusts his suit, does a 360, gets back in the car, and
1: keeps going like, thanks for the photo op, Al, you know? Like well, he was doing everything but strutting down the catwalk.
4: Whiz. This guy, he was amazingly um, available for that photo opportunity.
1: It's such a sad occasion. Everybody look at how well I'm dressed. <laughs> yeah. It was the
4: funny it was the oddest thing, you know, but hey, it was all sharpened, you know.
1: Uh, was there anything else, I mean, of note that happened? I mean, not that the ceremony itself is notable, well, I mean, but I mean I there
4: was see I mean, we didn't have access to the ceremony. We had access to the cars coming in and out.
1: So that was basically it. It was Jim Roop chokes on exhaust for, you know, for 15 hours watching Gladys Knight arrive in a, in a stretch limo at some
4: and point. I couldn't even see who was inside the car cuz all those windows are tinted, you know? Coming out, I thought maybe I'll get to see something. <laughs> but with the lights shining in there, you, even in the windshield, you can't see through the windshield. Well, you see the driver. You don't see who's sitting in the back. You know, Latoya's is not driving the car. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's sad and all that stuff. The guy's dead. Blah blah blah. But it was just, come on, give me a, give me a break with that thing. I'm
1: just, just picturing you like Fred Sanford, just sitting out there in a lawn chair with a newspaper, just sort of. And there's a fifteenth car, sixteenth car, seventeenth. Uh, and here's a, a silly question. So now that Michael has been, he's been buried. He's in, and he's not in the. We were talking about this earlier. He's not in the in the, the, the like a regular outdoor burial plot. He's in a mausoleum. That's
5: yeah. The,
4: you can't get in there. I mean, it's that that mausoleum, the Great Mausoleum at Forest Lawn, is closed to the public. You have to get permission from the family of you know Clark Gable or George Burns if you want to go visit there. You can't just walk in and say. I want to go see uh, George Burns's.
1: Really? So, yeah, so you can't just go in and look at uh, Bob Hope's, uh, you know, uh, final resting place.
4: But I'll tell you this there'll be a mob of idiots out front taking a picture of the Forest Lawn Sign.
1: Totally. Absolutely, there will be. I I went to uh, the last time I was in LA for any length of time, we went to the Forever Hollywood Cemetery. And that one was sort of interesting. And I guess it's the same deal where they have a mausoleum there, but I don't know. Tim and I were talking about this sort of ranking of cemeteries and, you know, the most prestigious cemetery followed by the second most prestigious. And so I don't know if it's more relaxed there. All I know is when I was walking around in the, uh, when I was walking around in the forever Hollywood cemetery, I was caught off guard by like this giant Tweety bird thing. And then I realized that's where Mel Blanc is buried, but it's a thing you don't really expect to see as you're walking through a cemetery, like a big, you know, like a big conglomeration of uh, of cartoon characters uh, carved out of stone. But so, if I want to go see, like, if I wanted to go see Michael Jackson's, uh, you know, if I'm just some super fan, uh, you know, I'm coming to visit from Australia and I want to see Michael Jackson's final resting place. Well, do I? I would have to actually like write to a representative of the Jackson family and say, "Dear Jackson family, I'm a huge fan. Would you? Could I get three minutes to go in and just stare at Michael Jackson's plaque?"
4: Right. You'd and, have to do that, and you won't get it.
1: And then, and then they'll say no, and then right. yeah, whatever. All right.
4: Or they won't even want that that letter won't even get to the Jacksons.
1: It seems like maybe they ought to they ought to create some sort of public. Well, they probably will. I mean, this is probably already in the works, right? There's some public memorial, a place where the a place where the public can go and touch the hem of his garment and be healed. Uh, you know, like some massive. You know that they're probably already working on some five times normal size statue of him that they can put in the middle of a street somewhere.
5: At
4: Neverland, they're going to try and turn that into into some sort of shrine location. You know, they'll probably do something there. They'll open a museum of some kind, probably at Neverland, after they get zoning approved. It'll take a few years, but they're, they're, I'm, I would imagine at some point they'll convince the folks in Los Olivos that it will create a better economy for uh, for that area. And then they'll they'll figure out a way to, to uh, change the zoning and create some sort of museum. Uh, at Neverland, which, if I were the owner of Neverland, that's exactly what I would do.
1: Well, yeah, because it, it probably will. Even if you don't get a lot of American tourism, he's so huge around the world. Oh man! I mean, people from you know all four corners of the globe come to that thing. Be like the uh, you know like the Michael Jackson Memorial Library, you know. So just uh, so <laughs> you can just walk through and you can hear him saying, "Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall." And uh, all right, well, I've, <laughs> yeah. I have, I have, I don't think I have, I have nothing else to say here. I was going to make some other observation about. Something or other, but I think it's a—I uh, think it's lost to me now. All right. Uh, well, on that note, my friend, go home and—I uh, don't know—get uh, some rest when you can.
4: I will do that, sir. Probably when I'm dead. Oh,
1: excellent, as Warren Zevon would say. All right. Have a satisfying weekend, Jim Rupp. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Uh, there you go, Jim Rupp. Oh, sorry. Just completely cut him off right there at the end. All right, uh, Jim. Rup- I love it when he's delirious. In Los Angeles, <laughs> delirious and full of hate. Also whiskey, but mostly hate.
3: That's Vodka. awesome.
1: It's it's all about vodka these he is, days. Yes, he's,
3: he's usually full of vodka.
1: Is that true? Is he a vodka man? Remember, yeah. I thought it was. I couldn't remember if it was him or Lisa that was. They had the vodka. Remember, they were there for the DNC convention, and I think it was. I thought we sent him. Um, scotch. No, Ed, Ed
3: McCarthy was uh Cran- gin. Um, cranberry
1: and vodka. Was and he gin. vodka? Yeah. Now I don't even remember how did the the CNN uh, drinking habits. Let's see. So it was. I think Lisa drank vodka and Jim drank scotch because I think we bought a bottle of each and then a uh, friend Lowe dropped them off. At the hotel there, because Lisa has the whole Soviet vodka thing. Yeah, and then I think Ed McCarthy was like. Jim
3: looks like he would drink scotch.
1: Yeah, I think Jim looks like anything. As my mother would say, anything doesn't drink him first. So I mean, it really, I mean, you know, this doesn't get motor oil, hydraulic fluid. Uh, that's uh, that's what keeps him going. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. I promise to read this, so I'll uh, I'll do it here, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back more from Tim Riley, Aaron Duran coming up at seven o'clock with the Weekend Geek uh, at uh, eight o'clock. Dax Holt. From T M Z and at some point today your final pair of passes to see Blink. One eighty two. Um I said that I would read this. This comes to us from this is from the Washington Post. So um, this is uh, Mila Kunis, who's the voice of Meg on on Family Guy, and she's done a whole bunch of other stuff. And she's and she's married to Macaulay Culkin, which I didn't know. She's married, or to not Macaulay date. Culkin? She's married to. Um...
3: No, she's dating Macaulay Culkin. No,
1: because he's married to Rachel Miner. No,
3: they they divorced like a couple of years ago.
1: I thought they I thought they got back together though.
3: No, she's been dating him for years now.
1: See, I thought it was like a I thought it was a donut. I thought uh, that it was he was married to Rachel Miner. Then he busted up with her and got with Mila Kunis. And I thought they broke up and he got back with Rachel Miner. Okay, well, I feel good about this. So she's single, Rachel Minor? Yes. All right, so there you go. See, like all guys, I assume that if a celebrity female has become single, I step up one place in line.
3: So you're saying there's a chance.
1: I'm just... uh, And here's the thing about Rachel Miner, real quickly. She is... I
3: need to look her up. I don't know
1: what she looks like. I'll tell you what she looks like. And you'll get a chance to see her, actually. You know why? Because she's in season one of Californication. And season two. Uh, She is the girl that I said I found it distracting to watch her in this weird threesome scene because she looked, at least in Californication, she looks a lot like your friend Kelsey. Um,
3: I could see her looking like Kelsey. She looks a lot like her.
1: Especially and in, and in California. She have dark hair in that? Uh no, she's she's blonde, but they've got her they in the show, the the it, her character is a former suicide girl, so she's got you know kind of like real prominent makeup, and she's got you know like a like a nose ring and whatever. And
3: you know what? She was also in Sex in the City. <laughs>
1: uh, Rachel Miner was.
3: Yeah, she yeah. yeah yeah in one of the episodes.
1: She's uh, she's an attractive young lady, but there's that weird sex scene where it's like it's what's his name Evan Handler, the ball guy from Sex in the City, <laughs> Rachel Miner, who looks like your friend Kelsey, and then. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, something something Adler. Pamela Adler, who looks, who is the voice of Bobby Hill on King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. And so there's like the bald guy and Kelsey and Bobby Hill all having a threesome on the screen. And I was at one point I had to pause it. I'm Like I can't watch this. I gotta take. a I gotta take a break.
3: Weird things happen in
1: your head. It's all very weird. What were, what were we talking about here?
3: You were gonna tell the mill. Oh, so she's so she's sorry.
1: not dating. Uh, uh, she's not them with uh, Macaulay Culkin no. because Macaulay Culkin is with Mila Kunis. Yes. All right. Actress Mila Kunis has revealed that she is going through a rigorous training regime to prepare herself in a role in the upcoming movie, Black Swan. The movie, which is being directed by the wrestler's Darren Aronofsky, focuses on a dancer with a New York ballet troupe and the infighting and backstabbing over the lead role in an upcoming production of Swan Lake. Does she have a heart of gold? It it sounds just like showgirls. I mean, it sounds like showgirls, but it's ballet instead instead of Vegas dancing. Kunis, 26... Who reportedly engages in a racy girl-on-girl love scene with actress? Kristen Dunst. No.
3: Scarlett Johansson.
1: No. Uh,
3: does she have brown hair?
1: See, uh, see, now you're doing it the right way. Uh, well, she, I think she's she's not a blonde. She's brunette. I mean, it's dark hair. Yes.
3: Um, it's hard to tell with actresses. Television actress or movie actress? Movies. Um, pretty famous. Yes. Um, brown hair movie actress. Oh, jeez. Alyssa Milano. No. <laughs> I'm not really good at that. Is she younger than me?
1: Uh, Yeah, I, yes. I would say so. Hmm. I mean, she's in her mid-twenties, I think, but I could be wrong about that. I, I might be way off, but I'm pretty sure she's younger than you are. Not by a lot, but... I don't know. Greg? Do you know the answer? I do not know the answer. All right, we're at four. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break, and we'll continue it.
3: Um, is she, like, an A-list actress?
1: I would say so. I mean... <laughs> Not in the sense that like her movie is gonna make twenty billion dollars based on her name alone, but I would say in the way she is regarded. I would say she's viewed as an A list actress. Okay. In right. other words, if in other words, if we were booked her on the show, we'd say like, wow, that's a get. That's with Nic- that's up there with Nicolas Cage.
3: Okay. I'm gonna have to think about
1: this. All right, so we're at five. We'll okay. continue this. And if you know the answer, by the way, don't be a jackass and like text it in and it will ruin all my fun. Straight ahead we have more news from Tim Riley coming up at seven o'clock. Aaron Duran with the Week and Geek. Dax Holt at 8 o'clock and uh, your shot at tickets to see Blink-182. Be listening for the sound of Tim Riley reciting Blink-182 lyrics. When you hear those, you call a 10 and you will win those. Straight ahead, we continue live from Portland,
5: Oregon. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
1: It's a Rick Emerson show on Rock 101, KUFO, and no, it's not your imagination. People are getting stupider. This from Los Angeles. Stupider? Reading Rainbow has been canceled. Yes, the program aired its final episode Friday, wrapping a more than two-decade run that began in 1983, Reading Rainbow, hosted by LeVar Burton, who can see all the spectrums of the rainbow. Yes, was designed excellent, well done, was designed to spark her love for books and its young audience. The once popular show's ratings had slipped and production on new episodes stopped several years ago, PBS said. Along with the end of the broadcast, the Reading Rainbow site at pbskids.org will be discontinued in December of this year. The program will apparently remain available for classrooms with off-air educational rights in effect for a year, according to a PBS website, so there
3: you go. I loved that theme song so much. The Reading Rainbow theme song? Yes. Can you sing Ta- it now? No, I don't want to sing it, but I remember it's like, take a look, it's in a book, Reading Rainbow. Yeah. How about I let it sing
1: for me? Did he have a, on Reading Rainbow, did he have a dog sidekick? Oh, well done.
3: Oh my God, I still remember this. Of course
1: you do.
5: Take a look.
1: (laughs) Wow, that was great. That was scary. I didn't see Greg leaning toward his microphone there, and it was like God was just singing to me through the headphones.
2: I, Take a look. A
5: book.
1: A a a I don't think they ever updated this. I think it was just this same song forever and ever and ever. Was he still the host of this? Uh, yeah, because uh, I mean, he—I mean, I think he was the only host, wasn't he? Good for Jordan. Didn't LeVar Burton? I mean, I don't think he ever did anything else. I think it was just—I uh, mean, rather he—I mean, he did other things, but I don't think, uh, in terms of the show, I don't think there was ever any host but him. I think it was him from the very beginning. And it sounds like they've effectively been in reruns for a couple years now. But I think even concurrent to all of the Star Trek stuff, he was—he uh, was the host of Reading Rainbow.
3: Yeah, I remember he was on because I remember. Th- Watching Star Trek and then seeing, watching, reading Rainbow at the same yeah. time when I was little, and I'm just like, "Wait, Jordy's on Reading Rainbow. I it's, don't understand." And this. it
1: bends your brain a little My bit mind's too. Blown. Well, it was like you know, and it, I was kind of past the, uh, I guess, way past the target demo for this show. But it was like when you would see George Car- uh, Carlin on Shining Time Station, uh, where he was Mister Conductor, and he would just, and he would think that like that's the guy who uh, I. Regrettably, I can't really end this joke the way I want to because uh, it, it's not as suitable <laughs> for air. But just the idea that George Carlin was on that show was just, it was simultaneously weird and and disturbing in, in the best possible way. At the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley.
5: In the news with Tim Riley.
2: Here in morning from the KUFO News Center, in downtown Portland, 647 now. It's going to be partly sunny today, highs in the upper 70s. Rain tomorrow, shower Sunday, and they're still not sure about Monday. The father of a groped girl is upset that OMSI Security didn't call 911 after he told him uh, them of the incident and the fact they almost let the grouper go before the cops arrived. Jose Enrique Arroyo will get two years without backside groping. Clackamas police looking for a Latino man who rubbed his genitalia up against a six-year-old girl at the uh. Promenade Nordstrom Rack Store. The mother Ew. told police the pervert followed her and her uh. daughter through the store, winking along the way.
1: But, okay, I as much as I don't want to know more about this... You have to. Do you mean, I mean, was this uh, through his clothing, or was he tackle yes. out? No, through his clothing. All right, so, I, well, that's something. I mean, if one... if you're following someone through a but store? That happens to
3: me every day, right on the bus.
1: Guys rub their genitalia no, on you? I mean, you? like,
3: people are just, like, cringing. I say in, in
1: the context of news... Uh, oh, mean, you mean well, but that's what you mean, like on uh, the subway or something. Yeah, but yeah. A, a store is spacious. Yes, I mean there's really no. It's that's not
3: true. Some guys like following you around the bathing suit rack and rubbing himself on you. Also,
1: before. you're not six, so you this got that true. working for you as well. Because you can like just punch the guy in the face if you want to, and you so. would.
3: I had some guy put his arm around me on the bus yesterday.
1: Oh, huh. it was so creepy. In, like I'm actually putting my arms around myself yeah. right now because I'm uncomfortable. Why? Heather and I rode the bus down, down to the Timbers
3: game. I don't know. This this weird guy sat next to me, and yeah. all of a sudden, I'm, I'm like leaning back, and all of a sudden, I feel something. <laughs> Around the back of my shoulders, and I look, and there's this creepy old guy sitting next to me with his hand completely what, behind the back of my chair. Was he just
1: trying to stretch out? Do you think? And no, like, he was
3: like leaning in. Oh,
1: it was around and you, so not. There,
3: so I'm talking to Heather, and I'm looking at her. I'm just like, does this guy seriously have his arm around me right now? And she's like, yeah, it's weird. And he kept kind of. Like
1: leaning in further, me, yeah, like so incrementally. Yes,
3: yeah, so I was sitting as far you know as far forward as I
1: could. Guys totally think that they can do that, and 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 guys, especially teenage guys, think that they can inch closer to you, and they think that women don't notice. I mean, I was that way. I totally, when I was a teenage boy, you know, you'd be like you'd be, um, like I remember going to like. I don't know. Like, like some, like some church social activity where you're all sitting in the in the sitting in the parish activity center
2: watching a movie. That would be the least place I would think that that could happen. Yeah.
1: Well, it was church social. I well, there was this really slutty girl at our church, uh, or at least we were told that she was slutty. When you're a boy, that's good enough for you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, no, no, no. I heard that. No, I heard that she's a I heard that she's a known. That we had this term thing, which uh, I, I found out later that my wife used growing up. It was a it, the term was KS, which is that she was a known slut. And so, no, that really? girl, that girl's a total KS. known, she's a known slut, dude. But it is like a never KS? true. Well, Lara called it, she said KS. We just, we just said she was a known slut. Apparently it was abbreviated further in Utah because, you know, that's a proper place. You don't want to be saying slut out loud. Um, I'm surprised they even think of that word. No, Lara said that growing up, they would say that like that girl, you know, she's a total KS, which, and you know, which was the same, basically, I mean, we would say, and there was this girl who, to us anyway, was uh, was a, was thought to be a known slut. And so, like, I remember sitting next to her at one point at some movie. I was, like, maybe 14 or something, uh, 13, sitting next to her in the quasi-darkened room of some parish activities. And we kind of knew each other. We You know, we were all kind of in this, this weird gaggle of friends. But I remember thinking at some point, like, I don't know, maybe she sat next to me for a reason. Uh, maybe she's into me. I'll try to edge closer and see what happens. And so as the movie goes on, and its like, I don't even remember what the movie was. I couldn't remember anything about it if you put a gun to my head. Because all of my energy, all of my processing power as a young man is there, is into moving like one, you know, like fraction of a centimeter at a time <laughs> over the course of 90 minutes. So it's like watching the time-lapse photography where it's the life cycle of a rose or something where you see it planted and then you see it, you know, grow and wither and... That's me. If you'd seen me over the course of the, the movie on the security camera, you would have seen me like slowly edging over to this girl. Oh, you're so creepy. <laughs> and I totally moved a, a distance of like three inches or something over an hour and a half. And then at the end, they just turned the lights on and she got up and left. I mean, there was just no there was no satisfying conclusion to the whole thing whatsoever. You
3: know, what would be interesting to talk about is nicknames that only that existed at your school in high school, you know, like groups of people. They were called, because you had that Known Sluts thing. I've never known heard sluts, of it. Known Sluts, yeah. Um. I At my school, the drama nerds were called Stage Monkeys.
1: I've never heard that. hmm Stage Monkeys? Is that in Bremerton?
3: Uh, this was in, uh, when I lived on Whidbey Island. But they were they were all called Stage Monkeys, because they'd all uh, sit and hang out on the stage, you know, and, like, practice their monkeys? renaissance play. So you
1: mean nicknames for groups of people? Yeah. I don't know that we had you any. Know they're
3: like, well, well, Known Sluts, I've never heard of Well,
1: Known Slut, that. that was the one thing we had. Or, uh, like, in
3: the 80s, like, I remember, like, my friend Tuggy is just, like, he would always reference the waivers.
1: Waivers? No, no, no. I do I do remember that now, mm. because we had that, because that was, like, new wave girls. That was, like, uh, Depeche Mode and Cure fans. Mm. They were waivers, which I guess was short for for new waivers, now that I think about it. I guess we had... Well, we must have had them now. We had waivers, and we had the known sluts. And there must have been... I guess we had... Uh, I, I guess we had... Um, I guess we had band nerds, but I don't think we call them anything but band nerds. And that doesn't seem terribly interesting. Well, there is that. I mean, there's weird. it's weird when you think about it because the kids have that, like the playbook. There is the linguistic playbook mm-hmm. that kids have where they all kind of pick up on that lingu- and there's all that stuff that only kids know or things that all kids know, uh, like the communally uh, shared knowledge, like the, uh, the business of the, um, the, did you do this when you were growing up? Because this is a thing that I had never heard, but apparently I'm the only person. Did you do the thing if you if you did the jinx? You had to like buy the other person a coke.
5: Yeah,
3: like you do like jinx personal jinx.
1: I had never heard that before. Uh, and then I was here and Fat Boy Bobby and I said something at the same time. Uh, we you know we did the jinx thing and and then and then of course we did the double jinx of trying to you know say no 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 you go and then we were saying at the same time. He shows up in my office like five minutes later with a coke and he puts it down and he said here's your coke and I said. What's this oh, I didn't goes, know people
3: actually bought the Coke.
1: He did. Well, I think he was being sort of kooky about okay. fulfilling it. But I had no idea what he was referring to. And I said, what do you mean, here's my Coke? And he goes, well, we jinxed. And, I, and he had to explain the whole thing to me. And I know other people that did that as well. And I've never heard of that.
3: Yeah, the jinx, you owe me a Coke. See,
1: I, but, is that a thing that all kids know? Greg, jinx, owe me a Coke? No, I don't know that. See,
3: Also, see, it must be out. And then Bobby and I are, Fat Boy and I are closer in age. So maybe that's no, from.
1: I think
5: I think I'm about the same age as him. And really? we're all yeah. from the Northwest, kind of. Uh, he's from Salem. I mean, yeah, you grew I up in the Northwest. That. Greg, where are you from? Are you from here? Yeah, I'm from, and well, just south of Salem, yeah. I
1: mean, yeah, so we're all so. kind of, you know, from either Washington or Oregon. So I maybe that's a thing. I'd that never was, heard of such a thing. See, and Tim had never heard of it either. Mm. all right well in any event uh, straight ahead we have Aaron Duran from uh, GeekInTheCity.com he'll have The Week in Geek Dax Holt from TMZ coming up later on and be listening for the sound of Tim Riley reciting Blink 182 lyrics and we completely forgot to pick up the uh, who is Mila Kunis uh, having hot steamy sex with in her upcoming film you'll find out the answer next or will you this is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO KUFO Portland hey. It's a Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland, Oregon, right here on Rock 101 and KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. You can also uh, text if you're a spoiling bastard who wants to give away the answer to the 20 questions game.
3: I know, I didn't mean to look because we started talking about, you know, like, waivers and all that stuff. And then I looked at the text messages accidentally.
1: So if you're a buzz-killing jackass, hey, why don't you mash your ape-like fingers into the phone and ruin everything for us, huh? Why don't you do that? It's 520 51 Five two zero five one. You can also uh, call 503-228-4101, uh, or you can email rick at rickemerson.com. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on uh, this Friday morning.
2: New reports of sharks and alligators promise to scare everyone during the holiday weekend. Excellent. If you want a job, go to Canada. They have lots of openings up there, tens of thousands of them. And uh, we'll also talk about Ted Kennedy's book. Not even out yet, but there are lots of pre-orders for it. It's already going to be a bestseller.
1: In just a moment, we'll uh, welcome Aaron Duran to the show. He'll tell us what's coming up in the day's week in geek. So, I was referencing the, the text message thing earlier, and it's because as I, as the words were leaving my mouth earlier when I said, "Hey, don't text the answer to this twenty question," <laughs> I knew in the back of my head uh, that some killjoy would do that, and sure enough, the answer is uh, we had this story about Mila Kunis, uh, and she was from that '70s show, and she's the voice of Meg on Family Guy, and so she's getting in shape to do this movie, which. It sounds for all the world like it's showgirls with ballerinas. Listen to this description. American actress Mila Kunis has revealed she is going through a rigorous training regime to prepare herself for a role in the upcoming thriller Black Swan. Kunis 26 uh, engages in a racy girl-girl scene with someone we'll identify in just a moment. The movie focuses on a dancer with a New York ballet troupe and the infighting and backstabbing over the lead role in an upcoming production of Swan Lake, which sort of sounds like uh, Nomi Malone is goddess or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and where she uh, with blah, 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 and Crystal Connors and et cetera, et cetera. Kunis, 26, who reportedly engages in a racy girl on girl love scene with Natalie Portman, Oh, boy. Has been getting in shape for the role. Listen to this phrase, though. This is the best thing I've read all day. Portman and Kunis allegedly are going to have some, quote, aggressive, angry sex in the film, which is now guaranteed to open at number one. So there you go. Awesome. Well done, uh, uh, New York Post. The... uh, I mean, I'm just gonna, the other stories are all basically the same thing, but they I'm looking here at the, the sort of Google Trends where you can see what people are searching for. And this morning, uh, the people were searching for Mila Kunis, and then it became Mila Kunis, Natalie Portman. And the last time I checked it was M- Mila Kunis, Natalie Portman, aggressive sex. Are you so serious? I had, that was the last time I checked Google Trends, it was right up there. And all of the stories have seized on that phrase. Excellent. I love this country. Uh, Aaron Duran, GeekInTheCity.com. dot com. What is coming up for the day's week in geek? Man, that's a lot of hair and bone going at it.
0: Seriously, it's a wait. <laughs> Seriously, <what? clears throat> Natalie Portman, she's all skinny. And- oh, I think we're talking about something else. No, they're
3: they're both like tiny, yeah, tiny yeah. girls.
0: Well, and but and they are enemies, so it will
1: be hate sex.
0: And they're they're both very. I mean, with their
3: enemies in life or in the movie. In
0: the movie, I think. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, they're both. I mean, they're both very. Uh, they're both very attractive, but in sort of uh, in sort of different ways. Mila Kunis kind of has that trashy thing going on. Yeah, that she tries to hide, but not well, very she's successfully.
3: Culkin. I mean, the girl's broken.
1: I mean, well, there's something. Does he look like his eyes have always been blackened to you? Yes. Every time I see, and maybe he's just stoned or something. Every time I see Macaulay Culkin, it's like someone's just he- giving him a bunch of five it looks like
3: his face was stunted in growth like it looks like he's like carrying a 12 year old face on like a 30 year old body
1: like if michael just scraped out too many cells for him to ever grow normally after that oh michael leave me some stem cells for myself No, no. yeah all right uh i'm sorry Aaron. what is coming up in the uh, weekend uh, gonna... this is a uh,
0: little teaser. this is an all anime weekend awesome yeah uh, all big eyes and small mouths so we'll
3: You wrote that on my Facebook page.
0: Big
1: eyes and small mouths. That's the
0: kind of joke for, that's how they draw a lot of anime girls, big eyes, small mouth. Um, Because uh, you had
1: an anime pose with your new blue hair.
0: I'm not going to make any
1: comments (laughs) about this. All right, that's coming up. Uh, We were talking uh, earlier about this. I forget how we even started on this. How did we start on the, uh, the Jinx 1, 2, 3 thing? There was something I I made some reference to high school. Oh, it was talking about the girl who was the known slut.
3: Yes, Um, and the KS, the
1: KS, which is what my wife called them, but it's still, but it's you know an abbreviation of the same term. And we were talking about high school terminology and schoolyard (laughs) terminology and how there's, you know, there's stuff that all kids know. There are phrases and things that are known you know, in schoolyards just across the country. One of those was the Jinx 123 and the You Owe Me A Coke, which is a thing that I was not aware of, and I don't think Greg was either.
0: Were you aware of that? Not until I moved to Portland. That's oh. where I discovered it. Jinx, owe me a Coke.
1: Uh, yeah. This one, I've got text messages about this. It says, Rick, the Jinx is universally known. Also, you should count to 10 after a personal Jinx. If the other person says stop during the counting, you don't have to buy them a Coke. It's hard to be a kid. you got to keep track of all this stuff.
0: We had the one that if you blew past a yellow light, whoever was the last person to snap and then hit the
1: roof of their car owed the Coke. We did that too, actually, now I've that I think heard about of it. That. We yeah, did See, but the, we didn't the, do the uh, owing a Coke thing. We hit, We did the hitting the roof of the God, car, going Coke through the yellow just light. We
3: cornered the market on this. That, that must. Them.
1: I think that's an Oregon <laughs> variant on this because that, I think, it was just like you won esteem or honor yeah, or something. I didn't such. grow up in Oregon, though. You were in uh, Susanville, right? Yeah, California?
0: Northern California. So, you know, Northern California, Southern Oregon. It's the same thing. This one says, owing people Cokes in my
1: middle school was a huge thing. And if you didn't deliver, this huge jock lineman would beat on you. People would go contract him to get their Coke. <laughs> Strangely enough, that was his adult profession as well.
3: Did you have any weird nicknames for groups of people in your high school?
0: I don't know if we had any, you know, weird nicknames. It was just, you know, the stoners and the. That's the stoners is
1: what we had, and I was thinking about this long before the movie came out. We had mall rats, Uh, and mall rats were either a people who worked at the mall because it's, you know, because kids who work at the mall all know each other. Um, or kids who, just like Jay and Silent Bob, uh, yeah. would just hang out there all day long. We mm. did have mall did rats. they have, like,
3: mall hair, like the girls?
1: We didn't have mall hair, Um, but we did have, we had the, uh, like, we had skater hair, which even if you weren't a skater, <gasps> there was the
0: skater hair. Skater hair, yeah. Which
1: was the sort of shaved on one side long and the other. I always said it looked like Elf. Uh, You know, we had that hairstyle. Mm-hmm. And this says, uh, Rick... We had the Jinx, you owe me a Coke as well, and I'm from Texas.
3: I can't believe you haven't heard of that. It's so
1: weird. He says, don't hold it against me. Texas is a good place to be from. I don't remember anyone actually buying me the Coke, though. Might have had something to do with the fact that we were kids and never had any money. Great show, Mike. All right, uh, straight ahead, we have more from Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Uh, he'll have the Week in Geek. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ, and your chance uh, to win a pair of passes to see Blink 182. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? Uh, this is Joseph. Hey, Joseph, what's up? Well, I was talking about uh, the, uh,
4: the discussion you were having earlier about things we did when we were kids. Yes. Um, and I was thinking about the OMI, uh, which was a little bit like the slug bug, where you, if you saw a car with one headlight and you were riding along, you would hit somebody as hard as you humanly could and say, OMI. And, of course, you were saying, OMI, because they owed you a beer.
2: Uh, we did, was, did you do
1: a variation on that, where when you would see a car missing a headlight, you would punch the ceiling? By. Punch what? And, but it was like a thing where you would hit the ceiling of the car, and whoever hit the ceiling of the car first, you know, was the victor and was owed something by the person who who, who did not hit the ceiling of the. You know, in other words, you kind of reach up and punch the ceiling.
3: See, I punched the person, not the ceiling. Like you'd have to, like hit someone on the shoulder and say, Popeye, whoever did that first one.
1: I, I think we just punched each other for no for no reason at all. Uh, yeah. And and so this and so that you were owed a beer, and of course, this is all stuff you're doing. Most of this stuff is stuff you're doing when you are too young to cash in any of these favors or to get any of these things that that you are owed.
4: Absolutely. And then you would be diligent about keeping a track of how many things you
1: were owed. Uh, And then where did you go to school at? I was West Albany. Okay, excellent. So this seems to be, at least so far, a regional thing. All right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening. You bet. This is The Rick Emerson Show
0: on Rock 101 KUFO.
1: Podcasting and ADHD. Just remember to scream until daddy stops. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Friday morning coming up at 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ. And at 820, Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. And if you want to see the video of that punch being thrown after the Oregon Idaho game uh, yesterday, which is really—it's like the best thing that's been filmed, I would say, within the last three or four weeks.
3: It's pretty genius. The guy looks like such a pansy.
1: He look, and he's just such a douche. You can tell by the way that he punches. First of all, he sucker punches the guy. I mean, and then he- like runs away. And he backs away, backs away like a small child, or perhaps uh, like, I of- didn't do that, <laughs> <laughs> or or perhaps like my like my younger dog uh, when he hears the sound of dried leaves blowing by on the sidewalk in his terrified i have to get back into the room now so he backs away and then the cops have to come out and the cops have to protect him from the fans because i guess uh, i guess idaho fans are known to be a little uh boise fans apparently a little uh, known to be unstable boisterous yeah that's exactly what they are uh tim, tim riley's really sp- little to be excited about out there ever <laughs> so everything has a disproportionate amount of enthusiasm attached to it tim riley is tracking the following stories for you on this friday
2: the Clark County alligator has been captured. In the meantime, a seal has bitten a little girl's hand in B.C., and sharks are congregating off the waters of Cape Cod, and vandals have top- toppled two radio towers in a sabotage in Washington State. Really?
1: Yes. All right. More on that as the hour progresses. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show for the Week in Geek, our good friend Aaron Geek in the city Duran. Hello, sir. Hello. Does that mean there is a loose seal out there?
3: And you scoffed at my boisterous (laughs) joke. Shame on you! All right,
2: so please, I'm uh, a monster. There's an the seal has evil eyes. Anyway, oh jeez are you going to post
0: a a photo of said seal? (laughs) No, but it does look evil because the way it's coming out of the water with its nostrils, like, was that on the Oregon coast? Was that here? This is BC. This is uh, this is a Canadian.
1: Oh, I see. Well, it's a godless seal, Tim. It's a socialist socialist seal, of course. Have you seen? Have you guys gone to the coast here and seen that seal that'll wave at you? They've got to, at the uh, – I think like it's some a sea lion, though. Here. Yeah, but you walk in, and they've they've trained it to wave when you walk in the door, which is a little unnerving. Thanks for not killing me. I mean, you, <laughs> <laughs> they clubbed the <my> whole family. <laughs> but I made it. I alone am here to tell you my tale.
5: <laughs> Welcome to Newport. whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Hello, uh, Aaron Geek in the Hello. City, Duran. Uh, what's going on in the world of geekery?
0: Well, like I said, this is going to be an all-anime weekend here in uh, the lovely City of Roses. Uh, the first event is uh, at Living Room Theaters over on Burnside. They are showing um, the the newly remastered Evangelion uh, Movie 1, which is all about giant Japanese mech robots fighting uh, fallen angels.
1: I get the feeling the news in Japan is about giant Japanese mech robots fighting aliens. Yeah. yeah, I mean... <laughs>
0: Anyway, that's that's really big, like, on the fan radar. This Evangelion movie has been planned for years, and it's finally now come here, and it's playing, <clears throat> excuse me, it's playing living room
1: theaters. You know, there's a cough button right in front
0: of you. I didn't think they worked. Here, try it. There you go. Hey. Yeah. Nice. Okay, <laughs> right, excellent. Well, hot dog. And, and then it- another, uh, one of the other things, this is something that just kind of broke on the internet a little while ago that'll make you very happy. Um, Star Blazers is coming to the theater. <gasps> As an original animated film, Big Rib is back. Yeah, it's going to show first
1: in Japan as it's just being called Battleship Yamato. That is and, awesome. My mouth then. is actually hanging open right now. Hold on. So let me back up for a second. If you uh, now speaking of regional things, if you grew up in the Northwest, and Greg may just be young enough not to have seen Star Blazers growing up. Did you ever watch the show Star Blazers? I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. Star right? Blazers yeah, is so awesome. So I think yeah, you're probably just a, just a few years too young. If you grew, if you're about my age, if you, I would say if you're like maybe. Thirty-four, thirty-five, and above, uh, maybe up to about forty-five. You saw this show uh, that was broadcast weekday mornings, and it came out of Seattle. It was on KSTW Channel Eleven, and that uh, channel was this sort of syndicated and picked up in smaller cities all over the Northwest, like my hometown of Kennewick. Yeah. Star Blazers was a thirty-minute. It was a it was a thirty-minute children's uh, here in America, anyway. Animated space adventure show, but like you know, but like a lot of those shows, it originated in Japan, and it really wasn't meant for uh, you know for kids because in Japan they were they were way ahead of the curve on the animation being yeah, was for the a, whole it was family. A, it was a prime time adventure it just, show. Just happened to be animated. Yeah, and it was a serial adventure, meaning that every week was a continuation of the previous week, and it was about. It was about a a group of intrepid, uh, you know, space folks who have to get on a ship and they have to fly to the furthest reaches of the galaxy and make it back within one year to get this cure for radiation poisoning that is killing everyone on Earth. And it's a very, for its time, especially dark, gripping, very
0: intense storyline.
1: Yeah, especially when you consider the fact that like it it was made for adults, and when they when they bought the rights to the show in America, I think they and this is like in the seventies, they must have just said. Well, uh, it's a cartoon. It looks like it's for the young people. It's a cartoon. It's got spaceships and stuff. So put it on at 730. And so then (laughs) I would wake up every morning as like a five-year-old, and I would watch this cartoon where people were like being blown into – the d- d- little bits in front of me on the screen every morning, but yeah, it, it just looks glorious it's now. That, so
0: great, though it's the best show. Yeah, and in the trailer they show the wave cannon being fired off and just oh. It's so righteous. is this an
1: original film, like from scratch? Uh, yes, they're basically
0: going to do it from scratch again. Oh yeah. wow, that is so cool and glorious. You know, widescreen and beautiful hand drawn animation, all cell animation, and then finally wrapping up this glorious anime weekend. Uh, this weekend down t- in downtown Portland at the at the uh, the Portland Hilton is KomoriCon. Con. Which is the Pacific Northwest's uh, premier anime convention? So you're going to see a lot of um, a lot of cosplay girls dressed up as Sailor Moon. A lot of what? What? Huh? <clears throat> cosplay. What is that? Uh, it just means costume play. Which, <laughs> like, it's
1: too hard to add the extra syllables. I somehow. don't. I don't know why they don't just call it dressing up. Why don't they just? Uh, why don't they just call it? I will be featured on the news someday with a lot of cheerleaders in my basement.
0: Well, these are usually girls that dress up. Girls dress up at, at anime conventions. Oh,
1: I thought you were talking about, okay, This is, uh, we're ta- I thought you were talking about uh, guys who, like, were there, like, with dolls or something dressed what? as. Oh, there'll be those, too. Don't you worry. Okay. <laughs> it's all very disturbing. I'm but picturing
3: no. a bunch of girls dressed like Rainbow Bright.
0: uh You'll see a lot of girls, um, you know, the girls are kind of getting, like, the Final Fantasy characters Are now. these chicks dressed like
1: Sailor Moon, for lack of a better description?
0: Uh, that's probably the best way to do it, yeah. All right. But some of the new ones are dressed with, you know, like warrior chicks, warrior Japanese chicks with big swords and guns, and
1: so chicks, so like girls are are really into the anime characters yes. of the girls. Yeah, well, mainly because
0: uh, speci- speci- specifically, wow. specifically in North America, um, when it comes to that kind of slice of culture, women attach more to manga and anime quicker than men did. So, as a demographic, there's far more women that are into um, anime and manga than there are men right now. All
1: right. Well, so. is, is it a thing I should go by just for leering? Absolutely. Sake? All plus, right. you awesome. know, <laughs> that's <laughs> a, that's the bottom line for me. Is a it something there I should stare at You or know, not? there's merchant tables, and they might have bootleg copies of. Star Blazers. Done and done, mm-hmm. my friend. Excellent. <laughs> geekinthecity.com is the website, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron AaronGeekinthecity.com is the uh, proprietor there and uh, and head maven of the whole joint. That's stream. right. All right. It's 503 Coming up on the other side of this, Tim Riley has uh, more news for your edification on this Friday morning at 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO.
2: We all joined against a common enemy. Now the ship has been brought back to life again. Not for the purpose of war, although we'll no doubt see our share of battles, but to save Earth. The message from the Queen Starsha of Iskandar offers Earth its one chance for survival. As you know, the radiation increases every day. Now life on Earth has only one year left. We must reach Iskandar, get the Cosmo DNA, and return to Earth in one year. The Star Force needs you, and others like you. We know a round-trip space journey of 296,000 light-years has never been attempted before. But we also know planet Earth has never been in such danger before. We will succeed in our mission. The Star Force cannot fail.
1: off to outer space, we're leaving Mother Earth to
2: save the human race.
5: Three two two eight four one zero one. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock one hundred one KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock one hundred one KUFO.
1: It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO coming up at 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ uh, will join us to talk about the all things. Well, first of all, we'll do a little, just a brief recap on the Jackson funeral yesterday. And we're going to talk about that Jasmine Fiore photograph where she's on the beach kissing a guy who I think was identified as her ex-husband like two days before she ended up in the back of a you know mm-hmm. guy's car inside a Samsonite. Uh, it's all very creepy. Uh, Greg Nibbler's ball talk coming up at 820. Uh, we'll talk about that. What's his name? LeGarrette? LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt. Internet sensation. (laughs) He (laughs) He really is. And as the day goes on, if you watch those Google trends, you can actually see with every passing hour as more people around the globe wake up, They all log on and they see probably five or ten emails in their box saying, OMG, look at this guy, punch this other guy in the face. And then they do what we do, which is to tell everybody else they know about it. Um, So that really is. I'd like to personally thank uh, LeGarrette Blunt for bringing a little sunshine into our morning. Thank you, sir. You've done us all a favor. Uh,
3: Speaking of unreal things, did we ever touch on the Kevin Federline thing yesterday?
1: No, we should talk about... He is. This just in. He's huge. We should talk about that. And next hour, we'll also talk uh, about this film review uh, that just came out. I guess it's the new Sandra Bullock film. So we'll uh, we'll touch on that as well. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley.
5: In the news with Tim Riley.
2: Good morning, everyone, from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is 746. It's going to be in the 70s today. And it's going to be rainy tomorrow, rainy on Sunday, and nobody's sure about Monday. Nicholas, the lost llama, is coming home. Yes, a 10-year-old llama who disappeared during a family camping trip, who was the subject of numerous searches around Bend, has finally walked out of the woods all by himself. And the vet has given Nicholas a clean bill of health. He's been missing since about 18 days ago when the family took Nicholas and 10 of their other llamas camping with them. Somehow he just wandered away somewhere now, what is it a llama's a what it's like a camel right it's like a hairy camel all right it's not what's an emu then that's like a bird.
1: A camel is not a bird. All right. So an emu is a bird. A llama is a... A llama, uh, is, a llama
3: is, the, is a small, hairy camel. You're yeah, right. Yeah. An it's like the, emu <laughs> is
1: like an ostrich. What and a llama a is ostrich? the thing that Michael Jackson owned. He had a... Uh, chimpanzee. No, no, no. But he had a, he had a llama, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Because the deal was that they had to get rid of it because it kept spitting on people. I think that's the deal. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley.
2: So anyway, it was probably one llama too much. Eleven <laughs> llamas on the family camping. It may be too much for people, but they'll learn next time. It is sabotage. Get this. Bad guys have knocked down two radio station towers near uh, Everett. These towers belong to KRKO, a conservative radio station. The station was building four new towers at a new tower site. The neighbors didn't like it. They fought to the nail for it, but the station eventually won. Well, somebody... Apparently, used a bulldozer. I've seen pictures of this. Knocked down two of the towers at 3 o'clock this morning. Luckily, they weren't injured. Well, those tower shots are pretty amazing,
1: actually. So this, yeah. if you go online you look at these photographs, I mean, radio towers are, are huge. Yeah. I mean, they're this very, is, very, very, very tall. These were 200 feet tall. And somebody got some bulldozers, and they just started ramming, apparently, the base of the tower. And this must have happened in the middle of the night, right? 3 o'clock this morning. So happened at 3 o'clock this morning. And you look at these towers, and the tower has just... I mean, we've all seen radio towers. You know what they look like? They just crumpled straight over... And miraculously, did not land on top of this bulldozer, which was being used to push them over. And then, I guess they left some some spray paint, some graffiti uh, behind, indicating that That's it was ridiculous. Uh, that it was what the Animal Liberation Front. There's some pack or of ELF.
2: nutcases. Or they just could be elves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, a rank and Bass a Rankin Bass production came and it destroyed the towers last night. It was all very the Heat Miser could not be reached for comment.
2: People of Vancouver, you may now swim in Salmon Creek. They have captured the yellow, the alligator. The raw chicken and hamburger worked. At the same time, we understand sharks are congregating off the coast of Cape Cod. They are done mourning the death of Senator Kennedy and are back in business. Then, a seal has bitten a little girl's hand in Vancouver. The seal jumped up, grabbed the little girl, pulled her in. Her dad was nearby, pulled her back in, apparently... Somebody has eaten all the seals food. Usually they dine on salmon. There aren't enough salmon, so now they're going after little girls. Wait a minute. And I have a, a picture of this killer seal on my website, which is right underneath the uh, the basketball bashing.
1: And this is Vancouver, B C. Vancouver, B C. All right. And so this is a, so the seal was it like at an aquarium or something? Or no, just in it's, the river in the ocean? It's, it's in the ocean. And the girl was just sort of leaving there and the seal came out of the water at her? Mm hmm That's unnerving.
2: The seals apparently aren't getting enough uh, fish. You know, that's a,
1: there's certain animals that you just that you know intellectually must be capable of harming you. Or they must be dangerous on some level. But you really don't think about it. And so then when it happens, it seems doubly strange. For example, you know what you never hear about? You never hear about a panda bear killing a guy. I for one would like to see video of that. I mean I'm not
2: Panda bears are scary.
1: But you don't but I mean but they're marketed as being so cute and cuddly and it's always when are they going to have sex so we can have more panda bears. And...
2: I'm glad you asked about the panda bears. I mean that's every time they're in Who the wonders news. about well, panda bears sex? This this just in. The world famous San Diego Zoo announces a baby panda. Has That's been the thing.
1: Born. <laughs> People are in. A, you know this in America. They are constantly <laughs> obsessed with when the pandas are going to mate, and it's only the pandas. Those the, are the only bears the cub- cub- are ever worried. that ever worry.
2: The the cub is roly poly and ready for visitors.
1: I remember. What was it? What was that panda? Was it Ling Ling? Was that the? I think that was the one that was at the San Diego Zoo that they were. I mean, and it was like day. Not the one from after, Day after day, yes. was it? Uh, was is that the panda bear they talk about? They, I thought it was an actual bear. You know, mm. like a grizzly bear. It's hard to tell the difference between an anchorman and the real thing. <laughs> I suppose it's all blending together in yeah, my head. Because I
3: thought its name was Lingling. Ling. It might like,
1: be then. So they might. Re- that might be what I'm talking about. But, but yeah, there was this whole ongoing thing. At one point, I remember watching the news, and they actually had a woman on there saying, "Well, you know, we've been monitoring the panda's rectal temperature, and so we do believe she's ready to mate." And I was sitting there on the sofa going, like, "What? What? Where am I? Like, what's going on here?" So panda bears are always marketed as something that, you know, they're very, um, you know, because they're so so distinct looking. And especially when it comes to, uh, you know, sort of like dolls or like, uh, you know, toys to kids. It's two things. It's panda bears and it's koala bears. And so as a result, I have just this feverish desire uh, to see somebody attacked by one of those creatures. Like how great would it be to see a guy just taken down by a koala, you know? Just a koala bear just taking out one of his eyes. See, I mean, I think
3: koala bears are cuter than panda bears. Somewhere.
1: I mean, but so wouldn't it be exceptionally uh, entertaining just to see a koala bear just go after some jackass and just take out his intestines? Kind of. I'm. I would be all over that. All
2: right, yeah, but you want to uh, see the eyes of this predatory seal that's eating little girls? Well, it's really scary. Well, seals got to eat too, brother. Uh, Pennsylvania history buff who recreates firearms from old wars accidentally fired his cannon through the wall of his neighbor's house. <laughs> Uh, William Master fired the cannonball at George's township. They hit, hit a neighbor's house 400 yards away. It slammed through a window in the wall before landing in the closet. Luckily, nobody was hurt. Uh, Mr. Master has been charged with reckless endangerment, criminal mischief. He says he's sorry and he's going to stop shooting his cannon, uh, which is about uh, 35 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. Well, that is fantastic. All right. Straight ahead, we have uh, Dax Holt from TMZ who will be joining us today.
1: I'm sorry? Straight ahead, we do not have tax, Dax Holt straight from Straight ahead, we TMZ. have Ball
3: Talk and then Dax Holt. All
1: right, okay. Uh, straight ahead, talk. Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Oh,
3: you have to say it like that. Ball, ball. Talk.
1: Uh, with Greg Nibbler, we'll talk about uh, this punch that was thrown in the Oregon-Idaho game yesterday, which is awesome, which you can see at RileyLive.com. 820, Dax Holt from TMZ, and Blink-182 tickets all on the way. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101.
5: KUFO. KUFO Portland.
1: It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. Thank you for joining us. So much to talk about. So little time. We should say right now we've confirmed the greatest guest in the history of guestdom for next week. Next Wednesday, friends and neighbors, we're going to be talking to Jerry Ryan. Now, you know uh, Jerry Ryan is 7 of 9 on Star Trek Voyager. She is also on Leverage, uh, which A, filming in Portland, Oregon, B, which Greg has now been cast in twice, essentially, and then has, has failed. Missed it both times, he's not been able to be on it either time. So you've missed uh, your shot at leverage uh, twice. But now, as Sarah put it, we might be able to. <laughs> L- leverage her into uh, <laughs> intervening on your behalf with the producers Bam. if she finds this appropriately yeah. charming. And also, Eric, you, uh, you
3: also didn't say that she was also in Co-Ed Call Girls, uh, co-starring Tori Spelling that was released in 1996 about a girl who was struggling in college and then had to make ends meet by being a high-class hooker.
1: Is this a made-for-lifetime movie? Yes. You should know, incidentally, that I was at home the other day and Laura was watching some movie and I spotted right away that it was made for lifetime because it had the soft focus lens and a bunch of women screaming at each other. And then like soft piano music as somebody cried. And that somebody was Kirstie Alley. And it was Kirstie Alley playing she have cancer. No. <laughs> Did a man beat her?
3: <laughs> I've seen the Kirstie Alley cancer one, but I can't remember uh, any other
1: one. No, she was. It was some made for lifetime thing where Kirstie Alley raises her children. Was it to she be... fought alone. She raises her children to be shoplifters. And because it's like some criminal mastermind family and the mastermind, of course, Kirstie Alley. So it starts with her raising her children to be shoplifters. And then by the end of it, she has kidnapped a woman and is like got a woman locked in her basement for like two years. It was all very weird, and I said, what are you watching? So stealing
3: was... goods wasn't enough, she had to steal a person?
1: And larger just then she was eating popcorn or something, she's like, it's a made-for-lifetime movie, leave me alone. And, was it all her ex-husband's fault? And I, I mentioned there was a husband who was a, a complete nebbish, who was never there for her, and who didn't give her the support that I needed, and you knew raising these children was difficult, so I kidnapped her thinking she'd make a good second mother. Um, wow. And I mentioned to kind of
3: sounds like the tent guy story.
1: I told her that you were uh, sort of a, uh, that you were a walking encyclopedia of made for lifetime movies, and she was honestly, like, legitimately impressed. And I think we'll probably want to talk to you about that at Yay. some point. Uh, straight ahead, we have Dax Holt from TMZ. He'll be with us at, uh, And more news from Tim Riley. Tim Riley is tracking among, uh, all of the many stories in the universe today. He has chosen these few to be following for you, uh, in Portland. He or- says
2: it's the greatest story ever. Too. I do. Most Americans. Are heading into the three day Labor Day weekend feeling good about their jobs. About 88% say they're satisfied with their current employment. Now, office Max is recalling office chairs due to concussions of people in offices falling out of them.
1: Now, these aren't like the chairs themselves aren't the problem. It just sounds like people are forgetting how to use the chairs. And
2: how do you get a concussion? How high is a chair off the ground? What leads to concussions of falling out of chairs? Anyway, they're being recalled. And from Mount Lake Terrace, that's a uh, Seattle suburb. Chunky escorts are ripping off intoxicated men. Awesome. We'll have a detailed white paper report on this. Can you avoid this? That is
1: all... On the way this hour, so you want to be, uh, listening. Plus, sometime before the end of the show, be listening. You hear Tim Riley, uh, reciting Blink 182 lyrics. When you do, you'll be caller 10 at 503-228-4101. You get a, a pair of passes to Blink 182 next, uh, Wednesday here. Uh, 9909 is when that's happening. Tickets still on sale at com. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock 101. KUFO. It is 807. And that means it's time for Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk ball talk. Ball talk. What seems to be the... Uh,
3: it seems to just not be uh, playing. The orchestra's is not playing. All
1: right, hold on a second. Uh, Greg, is that well, filed under... No, just... no, no, I can find it here. Is that filed under balls? <laughs> where where would it's that be here? Uh, that would be under sports beds, I sports, believe. Sports beds. All right, hold on a, a second. <laughs> just, uh, hold on. No, no, no. I'll take care of it over here. Some stubborn contraption. Don't you worry, baby. Rick Emerson, take mm-hmm. care of that. All right, it's uh, Greg Nibbler's ball
5: talk. Now I feel much more comfortable. All right, yes, we uh, have a lot to get to here, but of course we must cover the topic of the day, and that is Mr. Lagaret Blunt of the University of Oregon, who uh, very brazenly and excitedly um, cheap uh, cheap shot a guy right after the UFO uh, game last night. The um, guy was not looking at him. At all, walking away from him, and uh, LeGarrette Blunt decided to throw a punch and smack him right in the face. Now, if you haven't seen this video, I think it's at RileyLive.com. It is. And uh, this is, so this was after the U of O Boise State game last night, and it, it is really incredible to watch.
3: And this has made, like, national news.
5: Oh, this is huge. It is the top three of the top five uh, Google trend searches right now. And it's the number two story on TMZ, and it's also, if
1: you go to USA Today, you go to the sports section of USA Today, it is the biggest story. This is the online version, I'm assuming, the print. Version as well. It is the biggest story at USA Today in the sports section, and it's also on the main page. It's on the front page. And I came in, you know, and I have very little sports knowledge. I came in and there was just a stack of emails and uh, you know and, and people had texted about it all night long. I, like as soon as it happened, people were on the uh, on the computer sending it to us.
5: Well the thing is U of O, this was going to be a very big game anyway, because it was opening college night and this was nationally televised. They want they have a new coach, they wanted to go into Boise State, be the first one to win in fifty games and get all kinds of good press for that. No. Instead they're getting more press than they've gotten in probably the last ten <laughs> years, all revolving around this jackass that cheap shot a dude walking away from him. So let's back up. This is the game where they had the forced handshake before it started, for, right? You're right. They had the forced handshake beforehand, which the NCAA coaches uh, instituted for this game. So they uh, all had to go out, walk on the field, both teams, and shake hands. And that almost got into a fight right there. The coaches had to come out and separate the players, which was a really stupid idea to How begin with. How do you with. almost get into a fight shaking hands with a guy? Well, I mean, it's these two teams, it is not surprising. And again, I will say, I didn't make the prediction there would be a fight in this thing. And uh, so that almost happened right there. But then after the game, after Garrett Blunt ran for an astonishing negative five yards, how do you even do that? Negative five—he couldn't even make it past the line of scrimmage one time. It, it was ran like eight times. Is that where they give him the ball and he falls backwards he somehow backwards. to try to go? For it? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Yes, and this was him. the same guy, too, that also previously this week said he owed Boise State an ass whooping. A jaw whooping. Yeah, so instead after the game, uh, Boise State, and I want to address a couple of things, too, because we've had some calls and texts about people saying, oh, well, Boise State was unprofessional. They provoked him. Number one, Boise State kicked their ass at home on their own <laughs> turf, and this guy had been talking crap to him all week long. So I mean, you're allowed to taunt a you're, little bit if you're you can. You're kind pull of allowed off. to taunt a little bit, and the thing that Boise State didn't do was punch him when he was walking away from them. He said something to him. So, so this yeah, so the defensive end. It really is. So this defensive end for Boise State after the game, he did. He he kind of tapped Legarrette Blunt on the shoulder pad and said something to him. Walked away doing the right thing. Garrett Blunt followed him and just reached around through some players. The guy's looking completely the other direction. Popped him in the cheek and then proceeded to backpedal away, kind kind of doing a little dance to get out of the picture. Literally walking backward to looking get out of the backward, crowd. Like a moonwalk
1: almost. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. I mean,
5: Look it, what I did. You watch
1: the video and you can see this at Riley Live. You just see it from multiple mm-hmm. angle, angles. And the first thing you see is the Boise guy and he's just standing there talking. Mm-hmm. And then from outside the frame you just see this giant
5: fist come in and just... And the video is Fantastic. It I mean, it's awesome. all caught on it. And the whole thing was caught too because after he did that, uh, the other players, the other UFO players, were trying to get him off the field to calm him down. And so he socked one of them in the head too. And uh, this other player, I think, just basically said, okay, F this. I'm not going to help you out anymore. And uh, at that point, one of the Boise fans started taunting him, and he tried to go for them, and security guards and coaches had to hold him and police and uh, basically drag him out of the stadium. They should have let him go. I'll take on the fans. Have at it, friend. They really should have. Oh, they would have torn him apart. So, uh, anyway, Juvo, congratulations. You are a very big topic today. Uh, A couple other things just to cover. Oregon State is starting their season tomorrow. It's against Portland State. I really doubt it's going to be as exciting. As uh, this game was, but hopefully they will get the win. Uh, and Michael Vick is back. Michael Vick, well, of course he was already back playing in the preseason, but he's just gotten the clearance to play during the season. He's going to be playing in the third game. I think we have a we actually have an audio clip of Michael Vick talking about uh, his return. Is this uh, coming? Doing
4: all the things that
5: uh,
4: a professional athlete is supposed to do on and off the field, and I can't get complacent. I just got to you know stay stay strong and and keep moving forward and
5: continue to believe and have faith in, my, in myself and trust myself. And I think he believed that. There, there you go. He will not be complacent. So we all, we're all we all aware of that now. So uh, that is what we have for this week. Uh, next week, we got all kinds of stuff on tap. But this is this section of Ball Talk. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Mark 101 KUFO. Putting the cult. Pop culture. Three <laughs> Optimus Prime. <laughs> I am mega-chesk. The Rick Emerson Show returns.
1: Hey, it's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Friday morning. Straight ahead, we have news from Tim Riley. We want to remind you that uh, next week, Jerry Ryan who you know as a seven of nine from Star Trek, ladies and gentlemen, as well as what Hallmark, did we figure out, did you tell me what Hallmark movie or Hallmark movie, Lifetime movie she was Lifetime in?
3: Lifetime movie. She was in Co-Ed Call Girl uh, starring Tori Spelling.
1: And as, Tori Spelling was said Co-Ed Call Girl?
3: Co- Tori Spelling was a Co-Ed Call Girl. She was, like, totally nerdy and didn't have a lot of friends, and all of her friends made fun of her for being such a stick in the mud. But then she stumbles across this cool group of girls, and they better do a cool party. And then uh, come to find out they get to hang out with lots of uh, fancy gentlemen.
1: Sophisticated, wealthy, older men.
3: Exactly. Yeah. For a little bit of dollar, dollar bills, and, excellent, uh, and then she becomes like a total whore. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> and then I like stories that end with, and then she becomes a total and starts, whore. Like,
3: and then she like totally starts seducing like her friends' fathers and stuff. There's all kinds of because she just up. can't
1: turn it off once she's been <laughs> turned on. All right, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley.
5: In the news with Tim Riley.
2: Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 8:24 now. Expect showers tomorrow and Sunday. And a mystery Monday. Nobody sure what's happening on that day. Top story comes from Washington State. Mount Lake Terrace Police are on the lookout for a trio escorts, who are alleged to have stolen about four hundred forty dollars from four customers who invited them to their party. The cops have the work cut out for them too, since they're relying on four victims who were incredibly intoxicated and provided only the barest of descriptions. Now, according to police, the four victims decided, after a night of drinking at their home, to pull their resources and hire an escort from Craigslist right in the middle of the night. So they find a woman whose picture they found appealing and called. (laughs) But when the woman and her two female friends arrived... They found that none of them looked like the women in the Craigslist ad.
1: Except where they're holding up the ad and then they're looking at the woman, looking at the ad, looking at the woman. <laughs>
2: yeah, The women were described vaguely to police as being larger and thicker than their <laughs> pictures in the Craigslist ad. The men said they were not as advertised. Nevertheless, the disappointed men, who range in ages from 22 to 46 handed over their money while the woman were still at the door one of the women then asked to use the restroom but instead of going there the woman ducked into a bedroom and started rooting around for things to steal including a blackberry and some jewelry so the men saw her and tried to stop her but the woman ran outside to her friends and the three raced back to her car a maroon ford hatchback the men chased after her, but one man—one of the men—was run over when he tried to block the woman from driving off.
1: Let me stand in front of this car. What could go wrong?
2: He now has severe head injuries, and uh, will get out of the hospital soon. <laughs> they were unable to get the license number. The suspects all described as being about uh, five foot white and chunky, in their twenties, possibly from Tacoma. Of course, don't ask me how they decided. Possibly from Tacoma. From Tacoma. One head, curly, wavy brown hair. And called everybody baby. It is possible they're from Bel Air, of course. The second woman had lip piercings and stringy brown hair. The third was short with sandy blonde hair. While trying to describe the suspects to police, the men decided to rate the women on a scale of 1 to 10. (laughs) Three of the men said they all rated the woman as a 2. But the man described by police as being most intoxicated disagreed and claimed they were a (laughs) 4.
1: Sure wasn't that bad, you guys, <laughs> but, all, but' I want hit that, but all agree the women must have been from Tacoma is the the ad can't still possibly be up I don't know, so let me let me just there's so much of this story to work with there really is, so
2: these guys are three guys drinking together mm-hmm. they four. Get, oh i'm sorry uh, let's see here there were three yes three guys they decide they, oh no four once they're all liquored up the four guys decide they're going to rummage through craig's they're going to root around and see
1: what's left <laughs> find the leavings pardon me do you have a remainders table here thank you that'd be great awesome to see
2: what remnants might be available
1: <laughs> can i find some gently used whores are they less great thanks so they decided to sort of uh, the poke around in the the remainder pile of Craigslist to try to find some. I'll
2: agree that this was the right thing to do,
1: and that's the thing. Like, how does that conversation? I mean, Greg, you and I are about the same age. I, maybe this is a uh, maybe this is a thing of the internet era. I I don't know how close you are with your male friends, but have you ever been in a party where somebody suggested? We... I, I believe he's happily
2: married we, by we, the way. No, but I mean, when you, you were when you were a younger
1: person is my point. I mean, did you ever? I mean, have you ever been at a party or with a group of guys? Where you could see one of the guys going, why don't we have some hookers come
5: over and and we'll all do them? Uh I mean, yes, really. I have a friend that, wh- yeah, that had suggested this before. Greg,
3: have you ever been with a hooker? No, you answered that too quickly. I was to it's
5: <laughs> almost as though he no, saw I, that question coming. I could see that question coming. No, absolutely not. But uh, you I've were- I've never felt the need. Uh, to, uh, i mean to not that i'm passing judgment
1: anything. you understand i and oh no no and see to me it's not even the paying thing like i you know i like you greg I should say for the record i haven't done it but you know if i had I would admit that if I had paid for a hooker at some point if I'd you know been with a been with a, a lady of the evening yeah no i, I think I would admit that i admit but, that because um, you know it's a capitalist society at least no, I have, it I have used many, to be. many
3: yeah. male friends who've been with hookers My,
1: see that's not Red. the weird thing My no, that's you. weird that you have that many mm. no i think it's probably more common than no, you i think, think.
3: I think that, that a lot of people just lie about it
1: well you have huh. that like you know you have the friend who's the dominatrix and that's not sex as such but that still falls into the same category mm-hmm. you're paying we- a woman to do something that you, that gets you off in some way but my thing though is like the it's the group dynamic that I find weird. Yeah. The four guys at a party and and I don't know it, it would be like four guys sitting around and deciding why don't we all
5: uh take off our pants and watch some porn. I mean it would just be sort of odd. Well yeah when I was in Vegas it, it was when I was in Vegas with uh, three of my buddies and there was one of them that was very uh he was very intoxicated. It was late at night, and he was very adamant. And actually, got out the phone book and started calling some different I mean, places. Dude, you want to talk about faces not matching the uh, the description in real life, or you know, the, when you, the, the, like the
1: girl who doesn't look anything like she's probably advertised? If you go through, like, I don't know if they still do this, but in Vegas, when you walk down the street and the guys are there and they've got the uh oh, you know, yeah, yeah the, with yeah. their papers and they're handing you the the cards, yeah, the hooker ads as you walk by. Um, so the first time I went to Vegas, I went to the Mirage and it was because Westwood one, which is a radio syndication company. They had a bunch of, they had a big event where a bunch of their talk show hosts were broadcasting from the Mirage, I think on Thursday and Friday. And like Don Imus was there and, uh, Tom Lykus was there and this, uh, um, uh, the Donna Mike show, I think was on the air and they, they were there. And so anyway, so a friend and I had gone to Vegas, and neither of us had ever been there. And so we're walking down the street and these guys are handing us the hooker ads and I mean, you know, I was just, you know, I'm just some bumpkin. I didn't know it was, it was fascinating. And so, I was so my goal over the course of the night, like I tried to collect as many as possible. It became sort of like a like a quest to see how many pounds of these hooker advertisements could I bring home with me. And so there's a, somewhere there's a photograph a good of me. Use of
3: luggage. There's a there's a
1: picture of me somewhere sitting on the hotel bed. Like I'm just sort of sitting there, surrounded by hooker ads everywhere. Um,
3: Whenever we go to Vegas, uh, like with my girlfriends, I always try to. We always try to find our, our card, like with our names on it, like with, like know, a Sarah I always card, try to find the Sarah card or the Heather card, or Jessica card.
1: And at one point, there was like, my friend uh, Todd, who was the guy that went with me. He and I were sitting there, and I was we were back at the, the room, and we were both just beaten. I don't think we we decided we weren't going to go back to the casino or anything. And so we started looking through all the hooker ads, and he find he finds this one of. It was the woman was like I don't know, she was really tall, really blonde, really blue-eyed. I mean, she was you know the kind of the stereotypical like Barbie doll thing. And just to amuse himself, he starts he starts calling the numbers on the hooker ads, and he calls the ad that goes with this picture of this like really tall blonde white woman. And I can't really do the voice as well as he does, but as he described it, the woman who answered uh, who answered the phone had, as he put it, the most pronounced Vietnamese accent he had ever heard in his life. And as he was sort of, and then I heard him on the phone going, "So this is you? This is the, uh, you're you're the tall blonde woman with the with the blue eyes uh named Kendra." And as he described, he said the woman could barely speak English, and he he, he said it was really it, as he pushed her more and more on it, it became more and more hilarious. So that is, I think, the closest I've ever come to this sort of a thing because I was kind of tempted to come back and have the same conversation with her. So these four guys uh, call the hookers. The hookers come to their house, right? This is outside of Tacoma, Tim, where
2: did this happen exactly? uh, this happened in mountain lake Terrace,
1: and so the three escorts show up. They're standing on the front porch. The guys open the door. they immediately see that the hookers they've called like these are not the droids you're looking for because they are not the women pictured in the ad, probably all except for the guy who thought she, they were a four <laughs> the drunkest <laughs> guy, yes. but then they gave the women money anyway, <laughs> but the guy- but the women it no, like they the didn't women,
3: get, they didn't no, get they didn't give them money. she stole the money.
1: No, 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 she was stealing a black bear. I thought you said that they paid
2: the women regardless. Let's see here. The friends arrived, they found none of them. The woman, uh, larger and thicker, they handed over their money while the women were still at the door. So even
1: though the women showed up and weren't the women in the ad, they handed the money, the money to the girls. Mm-hmm.
3: They deserved to have their money taken then.
1: I mean, was the theory that they were going to pay the chicks even though the girls were going to leave because they didn't want the, because, uh, the threat, I guess it's implied, is that the girls are going to call the cops? Yes. Wow. I really ought to go well, into horror. Well, in
2: front of the uh, maroon Ford hatchback and was run over. <laughs> Jesus. You get back here.
1: That's fantastic. All right. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley. Uh, coming up at 9, it smells like the 90s with our good friend uh, Buzz. This afternoon, 3 to 7, Court and Fatboy. Don't forget the Court and Fatboy's midnight movie, which is tonight. That is Stand By Me. Court and Fatboy's midnight movie, 11 o'clock tonight. Stand By Me at Baghdad. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. You stay right there.
5: Is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO?
0: The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is
5: Rock 101
1: KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO coming up at 9 Smells Like the 90s uh, with our good friend Buzz coming up at uh, 3 three to, um, 3 to 7 Court and Fatboy. Uh, and then tonight Court Fatboy's midnight movie, 11 o'clock Stand By Me. It's uh, 11 o'clock tonight. At the Baghdad. Another email. Rick, did I hear you say that Reading Rainbow has been canceled? Yes, either you are uh, You are not imagining that. Uh, so I guess last Friday was the final episode of Reading Rainbow. That looks like they've been in the, the, the reruns for a couple years, though. So. That's such
3: a bummer. Now All the crap Burt- that's on TV, they have to take away something good.
1: And how do you get I mean, how do you cancel a show that's on public television? That doesn't even make any sense. I don't even know how that works. And Nothing I'll,
2: on public television is ever canceled.
1: Uh, it just it sort of lingers around forever. Well, I mean, and... It, it, in all fairness, it doesn't sound like anybody noted that they hadn't uh, made new episodes of that show since uh, 2007. Now Lavar Burton just has to sit around between uh, between sci-fi cons. By the way, speaking of sci-fi cons, we'll be having Jerry Ryan on the show next Wednesday. Uh, she's also in the upcoming season of Leverage. Oh, and to tie them all together, Leverage, Jerry Ryan, sci-fi, wah, wah, LeVar Burton reading Rainbow. Did you say that you met LeVar Burton, Craig? I did. I have met LeVar Burton. Where was this? Uh, please tell me this is right after you met like MC Hammer at the, uh, the electronics convention. Honestly,
5: it was at that
3: show. <laughs> the same convention? <laughs> I yeah, was totally effing convention. with
5: you. That's yeah. awesome. No, it really was. It was there. I don't remember if it was the same day or not. It might have been. But yeah, he was, the, He again, wasn't there for any apparent purpose. <laughs> was <laughs> just, he cool? He was just hanging no. out. No, he wasn't. Oh, really? No. Oh, no, that's he was too kind bad. of a jerk. Yeah. He was uh, walking around this booth and it's like, you know, like it's the same thing with Hammer. There's celebrities there. So of course you want to go talk to them and we have a camera with us. Sure. So I asked him if we could do an interview and he got very upset about that, that he did not want to do an interview. And, uh, so we were like, well, can we take a picture? And he just gets this, this pissed off look. He's like, ah. <sighs> <laughs> oh, like Lavar Burton's so busy, so you don't understand so what I've got to do today. Like he's looking at headphones. I, it's at a headphone booth.
1: I've got a long day of staring blankly at this wall ahead of me, and you, sir,
5: are impeding that. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah. So he, he did take the picture, and he put on this quick fake smile, and then got mad and just walked off. Oh, so. that's. But I did get the picture. So it's it's a it's a good picture. <laughs>
1: I like the idea that, and I'm just picturing a LeVar Burton's day planner, which is just filled with, with white space and dust. Yeah. and just, well, I suppose I can oblige you. I know.
5: I, I tried to I tried even flatter him, too, because I was like, I am kind of a big fan of his. Like, I like reading Rainbow. He's Geordie LaForge. I mean, and, uh, and I was trying to be like, you know, just a big fan. Just wanted to talk to you for a minute. Oh. Uh.
1: You know, it's, it's the worst thing ever, though, is when somebody who has to do, who does like a kids program turns out to be just an ass. Oh, yeah totally. That's just completely dispiriting, which is by, I should say, incidentally, this makes it even better that I, a few years ago, actually in the intercom parking lot when we were working for Max uh, 910, I met Mr. McFeely from the uh, Mr. I oh, Rogers show. Oh, my picture. That's awesome. Awesome. right. See, and I didn't get my picture because he was on the way. He, did you meet him when he was in the building? Yes. In other words was he walking around because he was on the way to the car. Uh-huh. Uh I was I was going to work and I guess he'd been there he'd been on one of the morning shows. He he was touring he was you know like a literacy thing or something. He was touring for some kids some kids benefit thing he was doing. So I'm like raising awareness or something or other. And he knows that he has a high profile cuz he's Mr. McFeely. And so he was at the radio station so did you how did you know he was there? Did you just run into him in the hallway? Somebody had not said
2: he was there like and over I- the intercom? Usually, I miss people like that. Right. I mean, hundreds of people walked by I me. Mean, didn't want to talk to me, but he was uh, very friendly. Yeah, he was great. Those people were great. But I, I knew uh, somebody mean who did a kids show in uh, California, and I used to go to his house And he'd scream at his kids and made them sleep in the garage. <laughs> he 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 had ter- he children? had taken he had taken their bedrooms away and turned them into his office where he could produce his show, and made his kids' bedroom in in the garage. And the kids on the show was was uh, I'll make up a. His- I love you, cousin Ken, and oh, I love you too, boys and girls. And he and he made his own kids, and he, he's always screaming at them all the time. His kids
1: are living in a tool shed. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, Mr. McFeely was on his way out Who of this. Who is the, Mr. McFeely? Did you ever watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Yes. Uh, he was the postman, speedy delivery. <gasps> okay. Yeah, he and he. You know, the thing is, and those. I mean, I watched that show whatever thirty years ago. Uh, he was on his way out of the station to his car. And I had parked my car, and I think I'd heard that he was in town. So I parked my car, and we passed each other, and I turned, and I just said, and, I, you know, you immediately become six years old again. And I go, you're Mr. McFeely. And he just said, and he was so cool. He was just the coolest. He goes, yes, I am. Nice to meet you. What's your name? And he said, speaking to me, is not that like I was a kid as such, just like in that perfectly, like he's like you're a friend he just hadn't met before. And he, he said, what's your name? And I said, uh, my name's Rick. And he, and I think I was wearing I felt kind of bad actually. I was wearing my Mary's Club jacket and the Mary's Club jacket had that patch from the Cosmopolis Police Department because that's the the, the guy who, who, like the guy, the sole cop in Cosmopolis, Washington is a listener and had sent that to us. And so he goes, are you a police officer? And I had to say like, no, sir, I'm a DJ. You know, like it was, like it was the biggest disappointment ever. You're like, I like failed him somehow. No, I didn't. I didn't listen to you, and I ended up here at Intercom. Um, he, I just talked to him for just a couple minutes, and I just like you're you're the greatest thing ever. And you know, it was that show was a big part of my childhood, and you're awesome. And and he like he had not aged a day. So I don't know whether they aged him prematurely on the show, like if they gave him makeup to make him look older or something, but he looked like he had just stepped out of the television. It was the coolest thing ever. So I'm sorry that your LeVar Burton experience was not up to that standard, though. That's disappointing.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely jealous. Mr. McFeely would be awesome to meet. He was, yeah, he was he was fantastic. He was quite uh, quite great. Uh, let's see. We'll do a couple more here
1: with Tim, and then we'll wrap it up. I want to read one more email. This, says, this is exactly what I was talking about during the break. We were talking about that hooker story in outside of Tacoma, mm-hmm. where the four guys order the hookers who show up, and the, A, they're not the girl in the photo. And I wonder how often that happens with Craigslist stuff anyway. You know, like with blind dates or hookups or whatever where it's, you know, because like, like Sarah, if you met, well, you wouldn't meet a guy in Craigslist probably, but I'm thinking if you meet somebody in Craigslist, like you're not going to print the photo out and take it with you. You know, like, meet me at the Olive Garden at 8. Like, you're not going to breathe. You have only your chance meeting. There's no chance of missing this person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's nice to meet you. But, I mean, you you know, you have only your memory to go by. So I'm just picturing these poor saps, or women probably, because guys probably do it more frequently, sitting down at the table, like at wherever, Starbucks, with this person they met online. And as they're looking at this person, they're not really listening because part of their brain is going I don't know. This doesn't. I seem to recall the photograph being a lot more appealing than this thing sitting across from me right now. So these three it's like, hookers. How old are they really? Three hookers show up in the guy's front porch, but this, this email, sounds like a joke. Three hookers show up on the front porch. This is totally what I've done. With. The guy says three hookers, four guys at the party. Who's the sad guy who's going home alone? But I don't think it's that. See, I think it's three hookers show up and there's four guys. And uh, as as Greg said, one one poor soul is gonna have to double up. There's some guy there who's getting used merchandise at the end of the evening. All right. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk.
2: Monroe County is ready for H1N1, more affectionately known as the swine flu. More cases expected within the next five to six weeks. Health officials standing by to distribute vaccine to priority groups, including those under 24, pregnant ladies, caretakers of infants. Everyone else will have to wait and see if there's anything left. Law enforcement officials looking for the river rat. He's known for robbing six banks along the Columbia River, and apparently he looks like a river rat. Lady Gaga will not address the story of the bulge in her undergarments. She uh, denied there is uh, such a thing when she was interviewed by an Australian radio morning zany talk show.
4: There has been some footage of you on YouTube getting off a motorbike, and there's some suggestion that uh, there's some interesting thing going on in your crutch. Suggestions that you are hermaphrodite—I'm sure that you've seen that footage and heard those stories. Um, you know what? I, I just—it's honestly just too low brow for me
1: to even discuss. So,
4: does that therefore clarify that you never posted anything on Twitter or your blog acknowledging this situation? There,
1: I've made
3: fun of it before,
1: but to even talk about it is just ridiculous. You know, I'm a—I'm an accomplished musician, and I'd much rather she's talk about denying Hands and my music than a, a silly rumor. So there's some I'm interesting sure things going on mm-hmm. in your crotch. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it, well, if you've seen this, uh, this you can go online you put in, I swear to God, if you go to YouTube and you just put in Lady Gaga penis. So it's a shot of Everybody her. Everybody do it. She's on stage. It it's safe for work. Stra- stra- it actually is safe for work. Uh, sort of. What. In the sense that there's no nudity, I guess, unless it is her penis. I, I never thought I that I would... I think it's her penis. Well, what is it? There's so... She
3: wears way too many, like, spandexy, leotardy things.
1: So the deal is she's on a motorcycle, Rob Halford style, and she gets off the motorcycle, and as she does, she lifts one leg up really high, and you can see straight up her shorts, and it, there's, a, there's something there that does Well, do you think look... it's something
3: like, you know, like, like, say you go to work, but you tuck in your shirt every day, and then one day, like, you, just, you forget to tuck in your shirt?
1: What? Are we talking about a shirt, or are we talking about something else? You're talking about she's forgotten... It, something else is... Well, um,
3: she wears... She walks around all the time in leotards. All the time. Like, tiny, tight leotards.
1: So you're thinking that... Some, I don't think she has a penis. Well, what... Okay, you've seen the thing, though. You've seen the yeah. video. We all watch it. What, I mean, did maybe you... your
3: underwear was bunched up or something.
1: Uh, okay, I could almost buy this. I could almost buy that she was wearing, like, skin-colored uh, underwear, and that maybe they somehow gotten pushed to one side. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. I-, I think
2: people are going to be very disappointed if there isn't anything there. I mean, it's it, it was certainly suspicious. All uh, well,
3: hasn't anyone come out of the woodwork uh, like ex-boyfriends or anything at this point? Well, to try and glom onto that fame or ex-girlfriends, I don't know who. You know, well,
1: okay, no, that's that's fair. I guess probably somebody would come. Sometimes forward people, and, and, people are give envelopes full of cash in back alleys. <laughs> that's true. If she was dating, yes, if she was dating the mayor of a prominent northwest city, probably uh, not so much. So I guess people, uh, everybody has everybody has their own level of payoff, except the. All right, here's Tim Riley.
2: Uh, charges have been filed against a cab driver accused of selling cocaine from his cab. This is in Eugene. The 48-year-old cab driver is accused of unlawful delivery of cocaine and cocaine possession.
1: Why, that's another kind of speedy delivery altogether, Tim. Yeah, Rick Everson. Thank you so much. All right. Let's bring the uh, curtain down on this whole uh, enterprise. All right. We want to thank CNN radio correspondent Jim Roop for joining us today. Also, Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com and uh, Dax Holt from TMZ. Apparently, uh, some uh, breaking news there. Those guys are covering that, so we'll catch up with him on Tuesday. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for Rock 101, KUFO in the newsroom. It's Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler, the webmistress, Bridget from Upstairs, Gatekeeper Dave Zinn, uh, Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru Susan Donah with me, Reynolds, Executive Producer Christopher J. Paddock. And don't forget, coming up at at 9 o'clock. The KUFO half-off sale continues, featuring a gift certificate to Sunnyside Automotive and Exhaust. That's $25. You can get it for half-off. Uh, Sunnyside Automotive and Exhaust, a state-of-the-art auto repair facility with top-notch technicians geared toward the ultimate in customer service. And if you're caller 10 right now at 503- 228-4101, you'll get one of those for free, ladies and gentle people. But uh, 9 o'clock, you can buy those for half-off at KUFO.com. Have a good weekend, and as always, watch out for snakes. Thank you for listening. See you next Tuesday. Bye now.
5: They do a lot of touching
0: kissing even fisting attention broadcasters (laughs) in the greater Portland area your daily show prep is now concluded thank you for listening